you know, so I don't, I don't know if you have this same thing. Uh, so, you know, we've been buying a lot of movies, you know, there's been a lot of sales going on this weekend. And do you have the same like buyer's remorse that I have sometimes? Always. Yeah. yeah. I've always had that. Um, it's, I call it post purchase remorse or, or post purchase regret. And it's, uh, gets me every single time. <laughs> it gets me every yeah, single you know, time. It's, it's like I don't regret. I don't regret buying. You know, I'm, I know when I get the movies, I'm going to be so happy. But it's like, man, I spent hundreds of dollars on movies today. Mm. <laughs> well, welcome to the first episode of Chasing Labels. I am one of your hosts, Stephen Billings, and with me, uh, as always, is my friend, my confidant in filmdom, uh, nice. <laughs> Mr. Andrew Cabral. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Welcome, everyone, to uh, Cinema Discovery 2.0, <laughs> or Chasing Labels, yes. which is a play on words, if you haven't picked that up uh, just by the title. It's a play on words of the Kevin Smith movie Chasing Amy, but Stephen and I, uh, we chase labels. Yes. Uh, and by labels, yeah. we mean movie uh, distributors, movie, uh, specifically physical media, Blu-rays, 4K UHD, DVDs, which are still a thing now. Um, uh, actually, yeah. uh, not to go off on something, but apparently when it comes to the market share of people buying physical m- media for movies... The majority, vast majority, we're talking like seventy-five percent, is still people buying DVDs. Yeah, you know, I, I of all things. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, the the you know the the general public that still buy movies. Yeah, I mean they're going for the cheapest thing, and I get it. You know, like I mean, you go to Walmart and you see them big bins. Um, I mean, and yeah, they got to get rid of them. Got to get rid of them. So, um, you know, but some some of these film, you know, labels that we, you know, are going to base this this podcast around still, you know, release DVDs. Criterion, right? Still releases DVD versions of of their most of their releases. Um, Correct. So, I mean, yeah, uh, let's get into it. Uh, chasing labels. Uh, this is just something we. We, you know, I, I talked with Andrew about wanting to kind of like do try something new, um, and you know, for me and him, our biggest passion, even through the Cinema Discovery Project, was that we have this passion for physical media. Um, so I thought, you know, well, let's just focus on these boutique labels, whether it's Criterion, Kino Lorber, you know, Arrow Video, on and on. They, there's tons of them, um, and we're gonna try to focus on as much as of them of it as possible, but. I figured, hey, let's do shows about new releases and things that we buy in our collection. And, you know, that's just something I'm really passionate about and something he's really passionate about. So, yeah, I mean, how excited are you about this new venture here? Super excited. Super excited because it's, like we said, a main passion of mine and Stevens as well. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it, we, we didn't meet through our mutual love of collecting. But it's kind of sustained our friendship for <laughs> several years now. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, you know, I would say that honestly, my the kind of like seed of my collecting is partially because of Andrew. It's like he's he is uh, you know Frankenstein, Doctor Frankenstein, and I'm the Frankenstein monster, and he's cre- I mean like I, I'm I look he's he's probably got more in his collection than me, but I might have a bigger variety of sorts. Um, that's probably accurate. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't deny that. Yeah, I mean, but what is interesting is we both like 
push each other. Not push each other, but like, <laughs> like Stevens gets some stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Hey, Steven, how is that release? Yeah, like, yeah. is does it look good? How's the packaging? What's the what's what's the the, the special features of? And then we like, then I'll be like, oh, I want, I'll, I I'll think of getting that. Yeah. Um, or vice versa, or whatever. Just because you know, I think it's like really important for people with mutual interests to kind of help each other out or, you know, connect in certain ways. And that's just kind of been a lot of things between Steven and I over the last several years. And of course, you know, the underlying theme is always our love of movies in general. Hence, hence our previous iteration of cinema discovery project. This is kind of almost an offshoot, a, a, an evolved version of that because we'll always be talking about movies. We're just talking about movies um, when it comes to their physical media forms, which is kind of the way Stephen and I prefer to view them. And it's not that we don't like streaming. We've talked about streaming so many times on <laughs> Cinema Discovery Project. It's just that our main passion is buying movies in the in the physical way. Blu-rays, DVDs, 4K UHD discs, whatever the future holds. Although, I think we're, we're kind of plateauing now when it comes to the format. I'll be honest, the I physical hope so. format. I hope so. Because it's getting <laughs> yeah, a little my, out of hand. I can't, keep re- I can't keep rebuying these movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I can't, mean, get, can't keep doing they it. Keep, they keep, uh, specifically, the, the more, the, the big corporations are trying to repackage things over and over again, and it just gets old. But luckily, we're not going to be talking about much of that on this podcast. No, we're talking about boutique labels. Yes. We're talking about Criterion, the Criterion Collection. We're talking about. Uh, indicator series. We're talking about Eureka. We're talking about Arrow Video, both here and abroad. We're talking about Warner Archive. We're talking about Kino Lorber, Kino Lorber Studio Classics. Um, we're talking it's, about it's a, all kind of other yeah. stuff. Maybe some Vinegar Syndrome stuff, Synapse stuff, um, all kinds of stuff. We're going to be talking about yeah, Severon, Severon film. Severon's yeah, yeah, another yeah. one. You know, there's a lot of little smaller ones too. That uh, you know, 88 films um, is another one. I mean, a lot of little one label, littler labels that are working their way up, and um, you know we can't cover everything, of course, because we don't want these episodes to be these four-hour, five-hour, you know, monstrosities. So we gotta keep it, you know, somewhat, you know, down to maybe within two hours. Um, but you know, we're gonna co- try to cover as much as uh, we can, as much as we try to stick to what we're interested in, and you know, maybe if we can get enough enough of an audience, you can have help influence what we talk about. But for now, yeah. Um, it's just gonna, yeah. It'll be about what we like, and maybe what other people like, or maybe don't even know about, and then perhaps we'll we'll like as well. Yeah. Well, so let's move. Yeah. Let's, 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 Next, yeah, we're, we're developing this show, so <laughs> things could change over time. But you, but what we're thinking is, is we're gonna start out each episode by talking about uh, some new announcements uh, from some labels and some new acqu- at the same time talk about some new acquisitions that we've had through these labels um, as we go through. So we're going to start out with talking about the new Criterion June title announcements. And yes, June. Yeah, this looks exciting. Impor- yeah. It's an important month for me personally because it is my birthday month. Um, so the June titles are... Uh, an interesting group of titles this year. I just want to make sure I got them all correctly. Um, they, there's going to be every single month. Usually, what do you like? Two weeks into the month, or maybe three weeks into the month. It really all depends. Criterion announces their upcoming titles for whatever month that they're on. They're usually a few months ahead of schedule, which is kind of nice, so you know what to plan for yeah, in the future. Yeah. <laughs> if you're, uh, if you're. Uh, if you're if you're looking ahead, specifically Stephen and I look ahead 
for Shoot. the two big months, which is typically July and November, because that's the 50% off Criterion Sale months, and that's the most important month. Uh, months Hopefully that continues, of course. Yeah, so the June titles are The Human Condition, which is kind of the biggest title for me personally that month. Yeah, it's it's it, you know I'm a, I, I love uh, one of my favorite movies is uh, Harakiri from uh, the same director. Um, yes, Kobayashi. Kobayashi. And um, so I've been kind of waiting to watch this one. I think you're the same way, um, waiting for the for a, a, a Blu-ray release of this. I know Arrow put out one, but um, I knew Criterion eventually would get around to it. So yeah, the, this movie has been around for a long time in the Criterion collection. It is spine number 480, so it's so it's been around for a little bit. If you're curious, uh, Criterion, each of their movies typically are given a specific number, and they're well over 1,000 now. Yeah, yeah. So 480 uh, is kind of in the middle somewhere. Yeah. And and basically, the, these films are, these are massive films. Yeah. <laughs> these It's a multi-part uh, series of films, and... The total runtime for all of these put together is 575 minutes. I believe it's four parts. Yeah. Um, so that's about that's it's like parts. roughly like eight to ten hours, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's a yeah. lot. It's a lot to get through. It's been available on DVD for years. The thing is, is that, um, like I said, Stephen and I were waiting for the Blu-rays, and these are all given it all for special features and tech specs and stuff like that. It says high defi- high definition digital restoration with uncompressed monaural uh, soundtrack and and a 4.0 DTS HD master audio. Now the uncompressed monaural par- are for parts one through four, and the 4.0 DTS HD master audio is for parts five and six. Interesting how that works. Um, and then we get an excerpt from a 1993. A Directors Guild of Japan interview with director Masaki Kobayashi, conducted by filmmaker Masahiro Shinoda. And then there's an interview from 2009 with Tatsuya Nakade, who is he's a, ma- a well-known he's, he's, Japanese actor. Yeah, he's the lead in, in Harakiri. He's, he's, ama- Harakiri yeah, he's an amazing actor. Stuff. Yeah. Appreciation of Kobayashi and the Human Condition from 2009 featuring Shinoda. And then we get trailers plus an essay by f- critic Philip Kemp. And that is a massive release. Um, yeah, it's. I can't wait to get it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, like I'm. I'm hopefully I get it at that July sale if it does happen. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna hopefully assume it's still gonna be in some kind of digipack form. I would. I would hope so. That's another thing. Yeah, the Criterion Collection edition seem to change packages randomly over the years. <laughs> um, I'm. I. I don't even know if it's multi discs. Well, it check, says three. Actually. It says three discs. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, three disc, three BD fifties. Says Digipack, slim box. So I'm guessing it's gonna be. It's gonna be similar to what we've seen from the other Digipack releases. Okay. Um, maybe a la like um, something like the like lo, like Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah, like Lone but Wolf. Obviously yeah. smaller. Yeah. Uh, because I believe that was like a five disc edition. Yeah. This is three discs. I'm assuming it's gonna be something like that and fitting it in a slip box. Um, and it's gonna have the same cover art. As the original DVD did. It's a it's a beautiful cover. I, I yeah. I'm yeah, it's a very 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 stark, simplistic cover. Stark cover. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, and this movie I heard is really yeah. It's nine and a half hours long. Um, it's an adaptation of a six volume novel. Um, yeah. So 
it's it's a big one. Yeah. But let's move up to the next one. And next is going to be um, a movie called Streetwise slash Tiny, The Life of Aaron Block- Blackwell. And this I'm not familiar with. Yeah, I'm not familiar with either. Um, you know, it's uh, anything that Criterion puts out, I'm going to be, I'm going to assume it's got some kind of relevance somewhere. And I'm definitely going to want to check into this. Um, but it looks like it's got two different films on it. Yes. It has a movie called Streetwise from 1984 and a movie called Tiny, The Life of Aaron Blackwell from 2016. Okay. And this and this is by director... Um, Martin Bell? Bell? Martin Bell, yes. Martin Bell. And for special features, let me take a look. It looks like... Now we're getting new restored high-definition digital transfers of both films, supervised by director Martin Bell with uncompressed Monroe soundtrack for for the Streetwise Blu-ray and 5.1 surround DTS HD master audio for the tiny The Life of Aaron Blackwell. Um, new audio commentary on Streetwise featuring Martin Bell. New interview with Bell about phot- photographer uh, Mary Ellen Mark. New interview with Streetwise editor Nancy Baker. Four short films by Bell. That's kind of oh, cool. That's cool, yeah. I like when they include the short yeah, films any, because you can't, yeah. you can never see them anyplace yeah, else. Yeah, it's hard to, yeah, I mean, like, there's very few instances where, like, a, you know, one of these companies will put out, like, little, sh- the, the shorts of a filmmaker. Like, like, uh, Arrow put out the shorts from Cronenberg. Uh, is like, yeah, the, you know, like. Criterion themselves put out the shorts from, from Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Um, you just never get to see a lot of these short films. Yeah. They usually they usually end up being special features, and if they're not, they just you just like they, said, they yeah, they're really, just out there somewhere. They only get yeah. seen. Um, and then we have a trailer English subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing, plus an essay by historian Andrew Hedden, journalist Cheryl McCall's nineteen eighty three Life magazine article about teenagers living on the street in Seattle, and reflections on Blackwell written by Mark in two thousand and fifteen. What's really cool about this release is something that I think doesn't get to happen often is the director's still alive. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. they're able to contribute new stuff, new material. Yeah, that's always exciting to me is when they add new special features. It's not just something brought over from when the, the film first released. It's when they actually, like, come up with some new stuff, you know, appreciation, a look back, you know, like, that's that because I think a lot of times when it comes to film, it's about, I mean, time is the greatest factor. You know, when it comes to yeah. like the, li- yeah. the life of a movie is, did it stand the test of time? And, you know, time can always change your perspective on what you initially, especially from the filmmakers, initially, you know, maybe what you're going for until, until what it looks like in today's kind of like social, you know, you know, world. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I have to look more into this one to know more about it, but yeah, I'm, I'm always interested. So the next one, which is coming out June 22nd is The Signifying Works of Marlon Riggs. And this is another interesting one for me because this has been on the Criterion Channel streaming service, so it is available to see in that form. But it's kind of cool that they're putting it on disc. Yeah. Because that's been kind of happening where sometimes something will pop up on the Criterion Channel streaming service and then they'll put it on Blu-ray. Which is really nice for us collectors who want the physical. <laughs> well, I was gonna form. say, I wonder if Criterion uses the data that they get you know, views-wise on, um, you know, and and that helps them decide on what they're going to make physical copies for. You think it's like like a testing ground? Yeah, I mean, almost? like something that maybe they have never 
um, had released it, you know, anywhere, you know, when they need to see if people were interested and if there's interest, then they decide to put it on a disc. I mean, I mean, that sounds good to me, but also of course, in this particular case, the subject matter seems to be a very, um, impactful and, 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 mm-hmm. and, you know, timely thing to put on, you know, in the collection. Um, right. Um, the filmmaker being a black filmmaker and it, you know, it's, I think it's what documentaries. Yeah. He was actually a gay black filmmaker, yeah. which coincidentally talk about a connection to uh cinema discovery project. We, one of our last episodes was uh, the watermelon woman directed by Cheryl Donye. Um, and she was a gay black filmmaker as yes, well. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and uh, so there's a connection right there, but yeah, there, there are seven films in this set here. And there, it's a bold mix of documentary, performance, poetry, music, and experimental techniques in order to confront the issues uh, that most of the Reagan-era America refused to acknowledge, uh, specifically the legacy of racist stereotypes and the impact of the AIDS crisis in the 80s. Um, he's probably drawing on, you know, his own, um, you know, own stuff from the African-American community yeah, uh, in the in the queer realm of the world and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so so for special features and tech specs, yeah, there's new high definition digital masters of all seven films with uncompressed monaural, uh, uncompressed stereo soundtracks. So used to reading monaural, <laughs> it's actually stereo because it is the '80s where stereo became a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, four new programs featuring editor uh, Christian ba- uh, Badgley. Performers Brian Freeman, Reginald T. Jackson, and Bill T. Jones. Filmmakers, well, here we go. Filmmakers Cheryl Dunier, Rodney Evans, uh, poet Jericho Brown, film and media scholar Raquel Gates, and sociologist Herman Gray. Um, Next is something called Long Train Running, the story of the Oakland Blues from 1981, Riggs' graduate thesis film. That's really cool. Sometimes in these sets, they'll include, like, student films of some of the directors yeah. I think that's really cool I think they did that in Christopher Nolan's following I think yeah they, they included, showed like, yeah. one of his student films yeah. like a super short student film where it was like a but it was like some cockroach or something or spider <laughs> I can't remember what it was <laughs> anywho uh, but, but they include that sometimes um so and then there's an introduction to Riggs recorded in 2020 and featuring filmmakers Vivian K- uh, Clemen or yeah Clyman and Shakef and Ashley Clark, curatorial director of the Criterion Collection. I Shall Be Removed, The Life of Marlon Riggs from 1996, a documentary by Karen Everett that features interviews with Riggs, Kleiman, filmmaker Isaac Julian, African-American studies scholar Barbara Christian, several of Riggs's longtime friends and collaborators and members of his family, and then there's English subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing, plus an essay by film critic Kay Austin Collins. So basically, this set is going to be all about Marlon Riggs and his life and career. Yes, yeah, see, and I love that. Like, and that. And that's something that I love. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't get a lot of chances to, you don't get a lot of sets where they actually can cover almost a whole you know person's career. And of course, some careers are longer than, than others. Um, and, and this, I think, covers most of his stuff, right? So yeah, it's seven films. They range from 1986 to 1995. Um, yeah, I'm very curious how many discs are going to be in this set here. Um, it's another one where I'm curious 
It says two discs. I guess if they're short films or short documentaries. I don't think the, yeah, I was going to say, I think I remember yeah. looking at them and they're not all very long, so. No, and the whole, the whole runtime for all of the seven movies is 339 minutes. Uh, so if you divide that by seven, whatever that is. It's like three is. hours, little, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so they're probably, yeah, they, they have them all listed here on the Criterion website, but I don't know if we need to go into all no, of each no, film. No, it's okay. Yeah. They're, um, but that's definitely something I'm looking forward to. Uh, the next is called, the next title comes out June 22nd. It's called Visions of Eight. And this is something I'm not familiar with at all well, as well. I was going to say, uh, I think, well, I mean, I'm not familiar with it, but I, I'm pretty sure this is what an excerpt from uh, the Olympic box set, right? This is like a. It is. Yeah. It's called Munich 1972 Games of the 20th Olympiad. Ooh, very interesting. Um, and this, uh, interesting that they would release this, this by itself. Yeah, you know, it's sometimes Criterion, I mean, like, in most cases, they, you know, they put out single releases, and then eventually maybe they put out a box set for something, but in this case, it's like they're kind of doing backwards, like, they're, they're, they're noticing that maybe not everybody's willing to buy that gigantic Olympic box set, um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so maybe we should put out some of some of our we found to be the most uh, interesting you know parts of that set like i think don't they already have tokyo um olympiad, olympiad. out yeah. on its own release um, yeah i was specifically wondering why they were they were specifically doing the 1972 munich games and i think we all know why that's well, yeah. the infamous munich games with the terrorist attack and the in the in the and the abductions and stuff like that yeah. um which was um fictionalized or highlighted not highlighted but it became a lot of the basis for a steven spielberg's movie munich yeah um and yeah so that's so that's why they they i think chose that year specifically but with that being said this film encompasses films from um it's eight eight features featuring contributions from milos forman kanichi kawa claude lelouch Jury Azaroff, Arthur Penn, Michael looks like Flegar, yeah, John Schlesinger, uh, we've heard of yeah, him before, yeah. uh, my Z- and my Zetterling, um, and basically they all created uh, short films focusing on anything they wanted. Yeah, yeah. So we get new 4K digital restoration, um, and there's new audio commentary by podcasters Amanda Dobbin, Sean Fennessy, and Chris Ryan of the website The Ringer. A uh, new documentary featuring director Claude Lachaud, supervising editor Robert K. Lambert, Usman Sambien, uh, biographer Samba Gajibo, Gaj- no, Gajigo, uh, Munich Olympic Games historian David Clay Large, uh, producer David L. Wolper's son, Mark Wolper, and director Arthur Penn's son, Matthew Penn, which also includes behind-the-scenes footage from the film and material from Sam- from Sambin's uncompleted short film and then on location with visions of eight a short promotional film trailer and english subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing plus a 1973 article by author by author george plimpton excerpts from david l wolper's 2003 memoir and a new reflection on the film by novelist sam lipsight uh, these pronunciations are uh, kill, <laughs> hey, killing me <laughs> you, you make it sound good man i, I mean yeah thank you Thank you. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm assuming it's like it's the same, like you were saying, 
It's from the Olympic set? I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is, yeah. I'm pretty I'm sure, not, though. I'm, honest, I'm not sure myself. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, 100 Years of Olympic Films, it is from that set, and it's a one-disc release. Yeah, yes. and, I'm, and I'm assuming that the special features are the, the same, same ones. Like, it's not a new restoration. Like, I'm pretty I'm sure. I'm assuming they're just putting that disc in that set yeah. in new package. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming, but... um, Man. I... I I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that this is a good thing for people that maybe don't want to spend what three hundred dollars yeah. on that yeah. set, you know. Like, um, but you know, I've spent tons of money on sets. Uh, this is not one I've actually uh, have decided to buy yet. Um, maybe because I just I'm in too intimidated by it. Um, I also don't know if I would watch the whole thing. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm, I like, I love documentaries. Um, yeah, so do I. But it is a lot. And I love history. Yeah, I love yeah. history. I love do- you know, There's a lot you can probably learn through these documentaries. But I mean, damn, it's a lot. I don't know. It's intimidating. I don't know. I already have it enough. I already have enough in my collection to watch. Very um, true. <laughs> but let's move on to the next release, which is coming out June 29th. And this is, I think, and the last one, right? No, there's one more after oh, this. Okay. Uh, they're both coming out on the same day. Okay, that's what it coincidentally. is. Coincidentally. Yeah, yeah uh, it's Pariah, directed by D. Reese. Yes. And this is something I'm definitely looking forward to because I've actually seen this movie. Yes. Because I watched it on Netflix <laughs> a couple of years ago because D. Reese did the movie Mudbound. Yeah. Which was also on Netflix at that's, the time. That's the only one of her movies I think I've seen is Mudbound. I, I, which, I don't believe she's directed much. Um that could be why. <laughs> well, I mean, she's only. Direct- I think she's yeah. done a couple other movies, maybe, but um, didn't she do a movie yeah, called she, like Scarlet or something like that? Or Scarlet? Let me. I'm actually looking right now. She's done a bunch of shorts and some documentaries, some TV stuff. But her first feature film is Pariah. Yeah. Her second feature film is Mudbound. Okay. Okay. And then okay, her, yeah. and then her most recent feature film is called The Last Thing He Wanted, which has a 2020 um, release date. You know what that is? That's the Netflix film with Anne Hathaway and Ben Affleck. I haven't seen it yet, no. Rosie Perez, Willem Dafoe was in it. Um, It came out last year. I remember seeing seeing the promos for it when it came out on Netflix. No, okay. Um, And what is interesting is I don't remember if Mudbound even got a... um, physical media release. I don't th- I don't think it has so maybe maybe we're looking at a possible future criterion release since you know now she's in the collection um you know and this is yeah what, and they yeah. well they love to put out stuff from uh, like first films by directors yeah, yeah. they love that stuff yeah and and, um, and this is one I ha- I haven't seen uh it was it was it's one I've been looking at the blu-ray on it's in my wish list for a long time but now that this is getting a criterion um version I, I I'll have to take that out of my cart and and uh, put this in, you know, I'm going to be getting this oh, version. Yeah. Um, I mean, it will, well, Steven, you're in luck because it does have new stuff in it. A lot of new stuff. Okay, good. Um, so there's a 2K digital transfer with 5.1 surround DTS HD master audio. A new conversation between director D. Reese and filmmaker scholar Michelle Parkerson. New cast reunion featuring Reese, Ad, Adapero, Oduye, Pernell Walker, Kim Waynes, Charles Parnell and Asha Davis, moderated by scholar Jacqueline Stewart. A new program on the making of the film featuring Reese cinematographer Bradford Young, who's he's a really great cinematographer. Uh, production designer Inbal Weinberg, uh, producer Nakisa Cooper, and editor Mako Kamitsuna, moderated by Stewart. And then there's a new interview with film scholar Kara Keeling, author of Queer Times, Black Futures. English subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing, plus an essay by critic 
uh, Cassie DaCosta. So yeah, it looks like that's a brand new yeah, release. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's new, new stuff that's that's been made recently, um, which I love to see. Yeah, this is something I'm definitely interested in getting because this is kind of the only thing from her that's on physical media yeah. right now. Um, I, I would really love Mudbound to be put out. That's the one thing well, they, they you have, have to point out. Yeah, they have a Netflix you know, you know connection now. I mean, they... Yeah, that's the one thing with Netflix is they're just starting to put out some of their movies in the physical media realm. And by some movies, I mean like the ones that Criterion wants to put out. Yeah, I mean, I'm, they don't really they don't really partner up with anybody else. Yeah, I think that I think that, that, that you know their relationship with Scorsese and and um you know I think you know they did what Marriage Story. Um, yeah, Marriage Story, The Irishman. Yeah. Um, uh, Parasite. Well, par- Parasite's, you know, not Netflix, though, but, I mean, it's... No, but it... You're right. <laughs> why, why did I think Parasite? I don't know. You know it's because it's modern. You know what I was thinking of? Because it's Bong Joon-ho. Yeah. And, and he won the Academy and, Award. And he's worked with Netflix. He did Oak Joe. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. That also doesn't have a release. Yeah, well, maybe you'll see that. Oh, yeah. my Bong Joon-ho section's missing out. Yeah. Well, I'm not a big fan of that movie, but... It... <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you know, I'm... A, well. I'm a, I'm a completist when it comes to directors, even if even yeah. if it's not a good well, movie, I, I, I gotta get I'm it. I'm some some somewhat like that, yeah. I get I get that I get there eventually, but not off the bat. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I'm excited about this one. Um, this is a coming of age movie um, about a, a a queer black woman. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, a young like teenage girl, I believe. Yeah, and I believe like it's one of those where. Um, like she hides it because her family won't accept her yeah. and and stuff like that. It's, it's a timeless tale that still happens today. Oh yeah, <laughs> granted this movie's came out a few years ago, so you know it's contemporary it's, you know, it's, in a, it's itself. About 10 but years it's old, even yeah. more contemporary now. Um, and know? I also noticed it's it's um, the cinematography was by Brad Free Young. Yes. Um, so and he's becoming he's more prominent. Great. Yeah, he's becoming more prominent. Um, he worked with uh, Denis Villeneuve and and did you know. He's starting to do some he more did, higher profile stuff now. Well, he yeah, he did the cinematography for um, Arrival, Arrival, yeah. which looked amazing. Yeah. I, I remember being in that in the cinema one uh, a few years ago when that came out, and I was like, yeah, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, he did he did the cinematography for Most Violent Year. He did it for Selma. Um, yeah, he's a really good cinematographer. Yep. So let's move on to. The next release and the final release for Criterion is actually a nice, nice DVD to Blu-ray upgrade. That's about damn time. <laughs> and this is uh, also coming out on June 29th, 2021. And this is Samuel Fuller's Pickup on South Street. Um, finally. Love, well, I love <laughs> Samuel, Samuel Fuller. Unfortunately for me. I have this on DVD. Yeah, well, I'll, so I'm gonna, i got to get this Blu-ray. Well, I have the Blu-ray. See, the thing is, I have the Eureka release of this on Blu-ray. So, oh, nice. So I... I'm at a crossroads here. I mean, I guess for me, the the defining, always the thing that that gets me on whether I rebuy something or not is if the packaging's better or if the special features are, are, are more extensive. So at this point, we'll have to see. I don't, I don't, I have to make a, I think, a judgment. Well, I call. mean, the packaging is, you know, that well, they both come. They're in, both about the same in the sense of packaging. Yeah, yeah. They, they both come in, you know, relatively regular type of Blu-ray cases when it comes to Criterion. Yeah. Um, they're a little thicker. They're clear plastic cases. How is the Eureka cases? It's the, aren't they it, clear plastic as well, but thinner, right? No, it's about the same. I mean, it's about the same. I forget. Yeah, they're about the same. Um, 
And so this film, yeah, I, I, I really like this film a lot. It stars uh, Richard Woodmark, who I think is a great actor. Um, he's in this film, and yeah, it, it's really great. Uh, but this is getting, this says here it's a new 4K restoration of the film. Now, is it new to this release, or is it new in the sense that it's that it's the newest? Like, is it the same 4K release, 4K restoration? Uh, that that is on that Eureka disc that you have. Uh, I don't. You I know, don't know. I, I don't know how um, new that. How new? How new it is? I'd have to look at the at the the notes on that. But um, I, I would. I mean, that release I think somewhat. You know, a few years old. I mean, I I could do a quick yeah. search real quick. No, no, you don't have. But you know what? Do it while I'm reading off all these okay. features. So it has uncompressed monaural soundtrack. A new interview with critic Imogen Sarah Smith, author of In Lonely Places, Film Noir Beyond the City. Pick Up on South Street is a film noir, which, of course, is something right, that is right under Stephen and I's, you know, window, basically. Yeah. We, we love that stuff. Um, so, and she, uh, Imogen Sarah Smith has been showing up on a lot of Criterion releases and a lot of releases in general recently. And she's really, really good. Like, the information she's providing is really educational and fantastic. Um, and next up here is an interview from 1989 with director Samuel Fuller himself, conducted by film critic Richard Schickel. Uh, yeah, Richard Schickel was a kind of prominent, well-known film critic. I think he wrote... I can't remember I can't remember who he wrote for. I don't know if it was USA Today or something like that. But anywho, uh, there's that. And then there's Cinema Cinemas, Fuller, a 1982 French television program in which the director discusses the making of the film. Uh, that's always kind of cool, because when are we ever going to see an episode of a French television show uh, from 1982? Look, look <laughs> I have uh, special uh, you know, connections. connections where I get French TV. You know, oh, got, just, got, got yeah, it, got yeah. You know what you got? Yeah, you must have like... <laughs> Super duper satellite. TV I was gonna say I sound so pretentious right there. Just, uh, you know, I got you have some fr- type of French VPN. channel. You know, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then there's trailers and then English subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing, plus an essay by critic Angela Angelica Jade Bastian and a tra- and a chapter from Fuller's posthumously published 2002 autobiography, A Third Face: My Tale of Writing, Fighting, and Filmmaking. Well, that's, that's a great title. That's a, well, I can tell you right great now, time. I'm looking at the the special features for the Eureka set. Now, it does say the it has a new 1080p 4K mm. new 4K restoration on this on that oh, Blu-ray. Okay. Um, I will say, based off of what you're telling me about the features and on that disc, that there's more features. Um, so really, there's less features on that Eureka. Yeah, disc? there's there's a new and exclusive interview with with Kent Jones, a video interview with some French guy that I'm not going to try to pronounce his name because I'm not good at that. Um, cinema cinemas, uh, uh, Samuel Fuller, Fuller interview, and then a trailer. That, that, I think that's that same 82 yeah. French television. Program. And then it's got a 36 page booklet with essays. And Ooh. I think you're, I think the criterion release might have a few, few extra features in there. Yeah. The only thing that looks different is the 1989 interview with director Sam Fuller and the new interview with Imogen Sarah Smith. That is another thing. I think it's important to bring up since we're talk since we're, since we're comparing two releases of the same movie. When it comes to boutique labels, these um, the special features tend to be exclusive to the label. Sometimes, often, yeah, just because of rights issues and licensing and because it happens, stuff like it, that. it happens all the time. A release gets hold up. It happens up, all the time. Gets re- release gets hold up because the licensing 
was not like worked out properly. So then a release gets held up and they have to either take it off the disc or they get it worked out and it gets to stay. Well, yeah, and that's a whole different thing when it comes to just owning the rights to put out a movie. Yeah. That's a whole different game. I meant specifically licensing rights to special features themselves. Well, it, it, that's that, that's game. what I'm saying. That that <laughs> happens too, though. I'm saying like yeah, and it's releases, yeah, that happens as well. Because like they had a recent release from uh, Indicator for uh, for uh, was it Charity, um, Sweet Charity, uh, the musical Sweet Charity. Yeah, they had a different version of the movie um, that they were supposed to present it in, and it was in a different. Um, it was like an extended cut or something. They had to take it off. Was it the I, was it like the roadshow version? Yeah, like the roadshow version, and they didn't have the rights to the pro like the intermission stuff or something. Yeah, that's it's nuts. ridiculous. <laughs> that's so, crazy. And they were like, "Well, you can't like, you can't show that now, so we have to take it yeah, off." Yeah, we disc. don't have the rights for the intermission. It's music, it's, it, or maybe it'll be like a music thing. Like we don't have the rights to the intermission music. It's like it's it's crazy. Who, who's holding up those rights? Who's holding yeah. on to them? Yeah. So so like it, <laughs> that, it's it's really it's you know we're not experts in that realm. You know maybe we can no. talk to some people down the line that can help explain this stuff better to us. But um, yeah, we dabble a little bit in it, but there are more people well versed yeah. in this in this realm than us but just that tends to happen a lot in the boutique label world where different releases of the same movie will have different f- special features and us as collectors have to be like which one do we which one do we want or do you, or can we have both it was to say you know? so a lot of times we end up having two <laughs> yeah i yeah i've yeah i mean that's another thing with collecting physical media this is going to happen you're gonna have multiple copies of the same movie. It just happens that way. Yeah, well, it's, you just it's inevitable. You just decide that it's that important to you to, that you want to have a few extra things on that movie if it if it if it matters that much to you. I mean, it's yeah. Sometimes it can be special features. Sometimes it can be packaging. Sometimes yeah. it can be. Um, sometimes it can be different formats. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> well. We made it. Yep, that is, that's all the Criterion announcements. That's all the Criterion good stuff. Um, before we move on from Criterion, um, we did recently. It's been a few weeks now, but we did have a flash sale. Did you pick up anything from that flash sale? We did just have a flash sale. Uh, we had multiple flash sales. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, yeah. It was, we're, we're gonna were flashing everywhere. We're gonna get. We're gonna. We're, we're gonna get to the other flashes, mm-hmm. but for now, the Criterion one. Did you get anything from that Criterion? Ooh, the Criterion flash sale. Yeah, okay, yeah. so you gotta specify the. Yeah, flashes, that's what I'm saying. Okay? That's what I'm saying. All right, so yeah, I did end up getting the the Agnes Varda set. Okay. The one, the big Varda. Is it Varda on Varda? I forgot what yeah, it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, it's called <laughs> Varda by Agnes. See, I'm messing with the names here. Yeah. Oh, no, that's that's the name of her movie. What am I thinking of? I'm just gonna type in Varda, see what happens. The complete films of Agnes Varda. That's that what sounds it is. exactly what it like what it is. Yeah, and so <laughs> I, so. This set has all of her movies from 1955 to 2019, 39 movies. This set came out uh, August 2020, and I I just wanted the set, not only because she passed away recently, one, because I just wanted all of her movies. I'm a, I'm a completist when it comes to, collect, to directors. I have to have all of their movies, and it's <laughs> super nice where they put them all in one set super for me, convenient. so I don't have to... So I don't have to like wait or bounce around to different places to get it, to get their movies, um, especially with someone who's had a, an extremely long career and has done so many movies. It's really nice to have them all together. And the thing with Agnes Varda is she has done many different kind of movies. She did documentaries. She did documentary shorts. She did short films. She did features. You know, she did movies that ran five minutes and movies that ran, you know, full feature length. So I wanted them all. 
So I finally got it. <laughs> and the kicker here, Stephen, this is where if you got to be a savvy collector out there, people, that's the thing is. Um, so if you are a subscriber to the Criterion channel or have a Criterion uh, account on their website, sometimes they send you coupon codes, right? Yeah. And I wasn't aware that they just didn't expire. So I had four $10 off coupon codes. And I just stacked them on top, <laughs> one on top of the other. The line, the, the planets aligned for this. The planets aligned. So <laughs> it was not only 50% off, but I also had another $40 off of whatever that 50% off was. So I ended up getting this set for under $100. It's amazing. And, and I would, like, it was like, like, I almost felt like, did I just rob a bank? What did I, well, what just you happened? know, I mean, it, <laughs> let's just happened? be honest. If you were more, uh, if you were less, uh, you know, you were more aware, you would probably would have spent them things on something. Um, you know what it was? I'm a, Yeah, when it comes to me and Steven, our tendencies buying are very different. I'm a procrastinator. I'm indifferent. You're, 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 like, you're I, looking I for deals. I battle myself. You're looking like, for deals. Me? I'm looking to get things, not only the cheap, like maximize my value, maximize the value. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, you're, you're spending more time looking for a deal so you'll have more money to buy more movies. <laughs> Me, I just spend all my money. Yeah, you just buy it when you see yeah, it. Yeah, I'm like, I, 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 I'm it. more like an addict than any, like, I, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, like jittering and like, I, like I'm looking to buy something every few days. Um, yeah, I like, I, I try to hold myself back or else I'm, I will be perpetually, uh, broke, <laughs> and so yeah, so, it's so this was too good to pass up because this set will never be under a hundred dollars ever, ever. Not on, like, not on purpose. Yeah, not on purpose. Not on purpose. Not unless <laughs> like somebody hacks into some website somewhere and screws with screws with stuff. But yeah, I so I was so happy to get it. Um, Criterion shipped it out. It came in you know perfect perfect condition, um, and it was and it's great. So I actually have that big time set that I now have to dive into. Um so that's one thing I bought at the flash sale but it's a big thing. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, me me with the flash sales, I mean, I do get the coupons as well cuz I I am a one of the first uh, subscribers of the Criterion channel. I have my yes. uh, little tag and everything. Um, oh, I got my I have my membership card too. Yeah, yeah. And um you know, so I get that coupon, so I got that plus the, you know, 50% off. And I usually go for one release. Like I, you know, like I I with shipping, you know, it ends up being like eighteen to nineteen dollars, so that's that's a good price. But I don't want to go and stack them because then I'll go, I'll get, I'll go, I'll go nuts. I, I do that with everything cool. else. So I, I decided to go ahead and go pick up the one of the newer releases, um, the Ascent, which is a um, Russian film, a war film, and and what you know, I'm, I mean, I've heard a lot of great things, but also um, I love, uh, I love kind of. You know, I mean, just in general, you know, I buy a lot of blind buys just because I'm always wanting to find the next hidden gem, you know, something I've never, never uh, seen before that I, I'm going to end up loving. And uh, this film is set around World War II, and it's, you know, it's a Russian film. So I, I love getting films from other countries that around the war um, because you get that different perspective, um, you know, just like Come and See, um, you mm. know, it was a great war film. Um, that just got a new edition in the collection and um you know seeing the perspective from other countries about that war is always very interesting to me so i i can't wait to watch this one it looks beautiful um and i've had some great experiences with with russian films um you know the few i've seen you know being very good so 
Um, yeah, that's the that's the lone one I got from the flash sale. Nice. So nice, nice pickup. But now we're moving on to uh, the only other. We, we're going to keep going with some more announcements and some pickups here. We got. Um, I'll go. We'll go through the last bit pretty quickly. Um, uh, Indicator Powerhouse uh, came out with their announcements uh, for June, and you know if you know anything about Indicator Powerhouse, they come out with some of the most gorgeous box sets, um, and they've been running a lot of. Uh, they have a few series that they have run. They've been doing these film noir sets. Um, and they had some William Castle sets. They had, you know, this announcement they had for June, they just added a sixth volume to their Hammer series. And, nice. and it is called uh, <laughs> Night of Shadows, or uh, Night Shadows, I'm sorry. Uh, it's their volume six, and it includes four films. Um, you got 1961's The Shadow of the Cat. You have 1962's Captain Clegg. You have the 1962, and there's many versions of this movie, The Phantom of the Opera, um, and then 1964's Nightmare. Um, and also uh, a single release that they released was uh, for June 21st is uh, Eye of the Cat, which came out in 1969. Um, now, of course, I haven't seen any of these films, um, but I've become slowly a really big Hammer fan, so I'm I'm excited to you know, really check out uh, what these films have to offer because with Indicator, sometimes you don't know what you're going to get, but you get these really great discoveries. Um, and, you know, it looks like, and, and, and one thing that they don't skimp on when it comes to their releases is is their special features. Um, all these releases have new high-definition remasters, um, tons of, you know, new created special features, you know, appreciations, um, and then, of course, some archival stuff. And these are all, like, premier UK Blu-ray releases um, the, fir- the first time on Blu-ray. So, um, I mean, even Phantom of the Opera has a 2K restoration. And they have two different versions, two different aspect ratios, uh, 1661 and 188, uh, 1851. So, um, I mean, if you're not into Indicator Powerhouse, I, I suggest you start looking into them because they... Um, they do these limited runs, and they're some of the best box sets out there. Um, and I say just have an open mind. Um, so what do you think of, of these releases? Well, 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 I've got, I have volumes 2, 3, 4, and 5 is on the way. <laughs> so they, they announced it just in time. Uh, for me to get caught up for a day, I, I, and then they were like, "No, you're not caught up." <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> by caught up, I mean like one is literally impossible to find, I, I, and I got the rest of them. I give I give uh, uh, Andrew a lot of credit for why I'm the collector I am now, but I have to say I think I nudged him into Indicator a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, I heard I had heard about them, yeah. and then I didn't know any. Well, I knew people. Some people started buying them. Like I saw some people on Instagram. And then some people, like some people on YouTube, and then, and then Steven started buying them, and then like you know, and I started explaining. Steven to... started buying them. I'm like, okay, now it's now it's real. Uh, yeah, it's now real it's now. Real. It's it's too close to home now. Uh... <laughs> it's not close to home because it's yet again. It's it's nice to have firsthand accounts of the quality of some of these releases because, um, it, they can be expensive buying yeah, overseas yeah. from you know if you live here in the United States. The shipping, the shipping will kill yeah. you. Yeah, shipping, shipping <laughs> can shipping. be can be expensive. It does make these a little bit more expensive than you would maybe like. But I, I mean, look, 
I mean, they're, uh, to be honest, they're actually really worth it. I, I've been, I've been collecting, like, I've been collecting now for about fourteen years, and these are really, really nice sets. Like, I like just looking at this volume six, the the amount of special features on each individual movie, not just the box set itself, on each individual release, is astounding. Like, it just, I like they put more effort into these releases. In special features than I've seen most big time movies. Yeah, I mean it's really astonishing what the work I'm seeing. It, it really shows their passion for these movies. I mean, like, I mean, I think you know getting into the Indicator series has really helped open open my eyes up to wanting to, um, you know, discover more and more different types of movies. I mean, we're always, of course, looking for fantastic, perfect, great movies. You know, we're all looking for them. You know all-time great movies but i think that yeah of course we talk about this me and um andrew talk about this all the time that there is there is value in mediocre movies and bad movies like there's there's not all movies that are bad are all all bad like there's something there in all of them yeah you know yeah for me it's like there's no real sense of uh uniformity when it comes to cinema when it comes to quality because if we want to stop watching movies you know if we want to stop once we've hit like the all-time best movies we would have stopped watching movies like 50 years ago yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. what i mean it's like you know i would have probably yeah there's, there are some people so everyone's different some people don't think there's been a great movie made after 1979 oh yeah and there yeah. are some people who are like no not really and there are some people who only watch you know movies from i don't know 30s and 40s there are some people who only watch movies from modern times and it's just like I like the I, what I love about cinema the most is its vastness in just you know everything. There are genres, there are subgenres. There's you know there's all kinds of different movies that you can watch. I just love exploring them. Yeah, I, I, I really do. I keep finding new and new corners of cinema all the time, and yeah. that's why I like buying these sets because I feel like I'm grabbing history and putting it in my on my shelf. You know, like I I I, I don't look at my collection as just collecting all my favorite movies i feel like it's like an archive like i feel like i'm you know creating a real library that i can maybe pass on to my my family through my family my kids and you know hopefully they take care of it and it gets taken you know that's the way i look at it i look at it as time capsules being put on my shelf you know it's almost like like a personal library if you will um yeah and i agree with you when it comes to that but um it's just it's it's astonishing now how many films are being discovered or, or rediscovered for the first time. Um, like like these Hammer sets. Like like Hammer like was found, I think, back when it was like the forties or fifties Hammer Hammer existed. Some, yeah. And it's like, you know, these movies are just being seen now, like decades and decades and decades later yeah. in the best form that possible. Um and it's really thanks to boutique label like Powerhouse Films, like their Indicator series, that we're able to get them. Um, and it's I've and I've said this to Stephen like many many times, even before we even thought up this podcast. I am increasingly increasingly astonished about the care and effort and um, that's being put into a lot of releases by boutique labels. There seems to be more money, more effort, more time, more care than any of the mainstream. Uh, studio labels 
out there. Like, they just seem to be machines that are just put out movies, yeah. and here you go. <laughs> here you go. There's no, like, hey, we just made a new docu- two-hour documentary about the making of this movie. Nah, they don't They don't give a shit about that. They don't care. Yeah, they're just <laughs> banking on the movie itself, hoping it will sell, sell itself, you know? Yeah, and... it will sell itself. Um, but Indicator, yeah, Indicator's been amazing. And I, I love that they're, they're coming out with a new release every month. And they've been around. They're relatively new. I think this is only like their fifth year in existence. Yeah, I mean, it, so, so I mean, you, I mean, they do do limited runs. Um, and then, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. So if that's you really cool. want the full experience, you know, you have to jump the on. The full Monty. Yeah, you have to jump on them quickly. Um, I mean, they're not, they don't go out too quickly depending on what it is, but. But um, you do have to. It's he- yeah, but their stuff's heating up right now. Yeah. To the point where this stuff is selling out faster than, than before, and I guess that kind of transitions us into another flash sale. Yeah, we, yeah, we just had a, a indicator sale. It, um, it was literally just an indicator flash sale. Yeah, and um, I think it was like, was it like fifty percent off or? It was definitely a. It was a. You know, yeah, it wasn't fifty percent off, but it was. A percentage it was definitely a reduced a price, yeah. Um, and um, so, yeah, we we I think we both uh, partaked in this sale. I did partake. Um, what did you Stephen get? Partook as well. I I'm actually looking at my my uh, orders right now because they just shipped uh, within the last couple of days. Yeah, mine should um, get to me by Tuesday. Is what they're saying. Ooh, I haven't even looked at my tracking yet, so. But I won't do that now because that takes time. So the first thing I bought was, coincidentally, Hammer Volume 5, <laughs> Death and Deceit Limited Edition. And the reason why is because the editions for uh, one Volume 1, 2, and 3, I believe, are now... No, and 4. I think and 4 is four's now, out, too. Yeah. It's out, too. Yeah. So they're now... All, all four of those are sold out. And the good, and and the the good one, thing about them yeah, is, go is, I was going to say, they, they kind of keep you up to date when things are going to run out. So that's one great thing that they do um, is keep you on your toes. It also makes them go out quicker too, because like that's once true. once you tell everybody, then everybody you, you runs. Stop, and you stop panic buying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you ever get the panic buys? Oh, <laughs> oh <my> yes. <laughs> it's so sweet. So sweet when you get it in out. right there at the end. You're like, yes. Freaking out. Um, but what I also want to mention is even though the box sets go out in print. They re-release them in standard editions, so you still have an opportunity to at least get the movie, um, as well as you know the movie that's in the box set. Um, sometimes, when it comes to the limited part of their limited editions, it's usually sometimes it's limited special features, but most of the time, it's the packaging, the box, the, the cool ass box art, yeah, and it's the booklets that come in the sets as well, because each each movie typically comes with a booklet. Which is not not all companies do that now. It's basically just Criterion and them for the yeah. most part. Um, but I ended up getting Hammer Volume Five because I have two, three, and four. Uh, one has been out of print for a long time, and you can buy it if you want to go on eBay and drop like <laughs> two hundred to two fifty. Yeah. You can buy it. That's that's the the, the third party market when it comes to buying physical movies is. Can go can go up and down. <laughs> I've had to. I, I've had to. It's cutthroat out there. I've had to unfortunately uh, do that with a few releases where I was like, man, I I really need this to complete because I have every box set from Indicator. I'm Indicator complete on the box sets. So um, yeah, I was too late to the game to to get yeah. there. So I'm I'm eternally jealous of Stephen. I hate you. <laughs> uh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I trust me. I paid for it. 
because <laughs> because yeah, I, I I was at the beginning I I was kind of, I, I was like a little late so there was like at least two releases I couldn't get a hold on without paying like two times as much as they initially were costed Brutal. like 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 wasn't yeah. it uh, it was the, the Sin, Sinbad trilogy the Sinbad no? trilogy and then I yeah. had to pay extra to get um the um Night of the Demon Night of the Demon yes nice so um. I paid for it, trust me. <laughs> oh, nice. uh, so I bought, so I got Hammer Volume 5, like I said, and then the next one, I got um, William Castle at Columbia Volume 2. The reason why I did that is because uh, Volume 1 went out of print and went out of stock. Yeah, out of print, out of stock, <laughs> kind of the same thing. Um, and I didn't get it in time, so I had to end up paying way more money for it. Not Not an exorbitant amount of money, but like, Twenty dollars more than I probably yeah. would have bought it had I bought it from their site. I ended up getting it from Amazon UK as a Christmas present. Um, so I wanted to get that before it went out, and I think it ended up. Did it end up selling out during during the sale? I can't remember. Uh, um, which one? But either which way, one? it should be in the mail. William Castle at Columbia Volume Two. Oh, uh, I'm not I sure. I'm not sure. I'm actually on their website now. I probably should look. Um. Uh, let's see. Yeah, some. It looks like nope, it did not sell out. It okay, did that's not good. sell that's out. That's good. Um but yeah, and then so I bought those two and I was tempted to go back for some more, but I'm like, that's two box sets, I'm good. <laughs> that's that makes I'm you that can make you feel good. You feel you feel like you did something. I got I, I accomplished my goal. Yeah. I wanted to get those two before they before they disappeared, and that was it. That's good, that's good. But the temptation's always there. Oh it is. It never ends. It is. Um so I got I got five uh, single releases. Um, nice. I got uh, uh, an early '60s Oliver Reed film, uh, The System. Nice. Um, I also got a movie um, called They Made Me a Fugitive. Um, this I think is like a, another World War. It might be a yeah. It's another World War Two film. I think. Um, also, I got a movie called The Third Secret. Um, and like, once again, these are all kind of blind buys for me. So I don't, I, you know, I look at, I look into them and I read people's uh, reviews of them and, and it makes me, you know, gravitate to things. Um, I also got a film called uh, The Strange One. Um, and then I also lastly got... Um, a movie called uh, Cisco Pike, which has got um, nice. I'm actually really jealous of that one. Oh, yeah, it's uh, I really want to get Chris that. Christopherson, Gene Hackman, yep. Karen Black. Um, That's got to be late seventies. Yeah, it it's, like. yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely <laughs> kind of one of the movies in the vein of like your Five Easy Pieces, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, it, I'm I always get excited about getting these releases and and trying to discover something new. So I, you know. These, like I said, should be getting to me by midweek. Um, nice. But cool. Nice. Um, and so now moving into a few more announcements, we a um, couple more little things on 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 announcements. The Kino has, um, I guess, one subject matter we we can kind of. It's kind of not of an announcement thing, but it was kind of a. Um, a mistake that happened with a key, recent Kino Whoa. release. Going into that yeah, one. Yeah, let's go. Let's go straight into the bad news first, and then go to good stuff afterwards. Um, so recently, Kino uh, had a new release of "Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia," um, yes. and 
This is through their Kino Lorber uh, Studio Classics. And apparently they had a uh, – on their disc, they, they put the wrong master on there. I mean – Yeah. You, they they made the disc with the, with the old master of the movie versus the new one, which which was the new 4K – like yeah. master. Um, and what is interesting, and I brought this up to Steven, this is kind of my, my story, um, is they're, they're now um, uh, issuing replacement discs with the, with, with the movie now with being presented with the new master and in better quality. And I, it's got, and I, I found it just odd that they got all the way up, up to the point and beyond the point of releasing the movie, like people bought it and yeah. got it home and put put it in their you know their players and watched it. And we're like, this doesn't this doesn't look quite right here. Jesus. Um, and and I mean, it's no. I don't want to knock them because you know I like them as a company, but I'm like, uh, you know, no one caught this along the along the, well, the this assembly is, line. This is the thing, and, and and like you said, I'm not trying to knock on Kino Lorber because we right, right. we buy I buy a lot of stuff from them, and I and I and yeah. I I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy stuff. From I'm going to continue to buy stuff, from them. <laughs> uh, which is funny because we'll we'll talk about that too because uh, I right. have a haul coming from them also. Um, yeah, um, what a tease! Yeah, I know, right? But uh, yeah. you know, Kino, we, you know, Kino is not known for being a uh, you know a label that I would say puts a lot of effort into their you know, supplements like their special features is not, and their packaging. I mean, they're they're typically pretty bare bones. Um, yeah, it's standard. You know, so standard. so you'd hope that at least more attention would be put on the restoring of the film and making sure that the quality control of what they do do. I said do do. Um, <laughs> they do. Uh-huh. Uh, is 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 all good. So it's it's kind of weird to me that this could fall through the cracks. Um, then again, they do put out like fifty movies a month. Um. I'll say this though: when I first heard of Kino, they were a small, small company. Yeah, they were really, really small. They were not like now. Now they are kick. They've been kicking it into high gear with their uh, licensing acquisitions of movies and just the amount of movies they've been putting well, out, been... and with much better quality than they have in the previous yeah. in the previous years. And it, they've been kicking it in the high gear now for at least two three year range now and it's been it's been great i mean it's, i think they have I think, a huge catalog now huge i catalog. think they've been they've been making you know they've been kind of teaming up with other uh, labels like uh, i think they did well, they team up with studio canal um I, was it them or it was either studio canal or scorpion releasing well also scorpion releasing another one yeah, yeah but what they've been doing is they've been i i think they've been outbidding other companies when it comes to acquisitioning acquisitioning licenses, yeah. or they've been just beating them out somehow, because um, I mean this goes into a whole big you know physical media game here. Every time you see a a title go out of print from a specific company, uh, whatever the title is, usually it means one of two things: one, they they don't make it anymore because they they no one's buying them; uh, two, they've they only made a certain amount because it's a limited edition, or Three, they don't have the license to that movie anymore. Yeah. And what happens is then another company can acquire that license. And that's when these boutique labels acquire licenses. Um, and Kino has been acquiring licenses for a lot of movies that have had Blu-ray releases uh, previously and most recently. For example, Bring Me the Head of Alfredo yeah. Garcia was put out a couple of years ago by by the now... Well, actually, Twilight Time does exist, but not quite in its form. But 
but Twilight Time uh, was putting out, put out a version well, yeah, of that. Yeah, and Arrow. And yeah, and then Arrow had also put out a version of that. But Arrow has the license for the UK. to put it out in the UK. Yeah. They don't have the license to put it out here. Yeah, that's a whole international game of mystery. Yeah, um, and so basically, uh, Twilight Time had put out a, a release, but they had were using an old an old master from MGM, and it looked okay. This was a new master that was a 4K restoration from 2017. This is the one that Arrow used in the UK, and this was the one that that Kino advertised that said, our release is going to have the new 4K restoration. Then people got the discs, <laughs> took one look at it, and it's like, no, this nah. is something nah, wrong bro. here. And they, they ended <laughs> up, basically, they somehow, someway ended up getting the old the old version, the old masters that was used on the previous Blu-ray. So yeah. now they've got a, they got to print new discs. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm like, yeah. but I'm, but I was telling Stephen earlier, it's like these, these are looked at significantly, I guess, like whatever you know over the times of their production. So no one noticed that they had the wrong masters or anything. So I mean, like no, that. When, when the guy was uh, when the guy happened. was sliding the files onto the disc, I mean, he had the original. The, the old restoration next to the new restoration accidentally or something? Like, how does that happen? Well, it says here, it <laughs> says here, uh, it says here, quote, this is directly from their Facebook page for March 15th. Um, we had received the wrong master from the UK label. The new discs will include the 2017 4K restoration. Um, the old card and reversible uh, are limited and reprints will not include them. That's another thing. Kino is now getting in the game of using slipcovers yeah. and I guess reversible art for some of their bigger releases, which I guess this was one of. This is a Sam Peckinpah film, probably one of the best Sam Peckinpah films. Um, this is a great film. Um, so, but so I guess like the new the new ones that they're going to be printing won't have slipcovers and won't have reversible art. Um, it says we are printing enough discs to cover this error, so no returns are needed. The reprints without the old card and reversible will include the fi- the fixed disc so i guess you have to contact uh yeah it says bring me the head of a, yeah there's a replacement program you gotta like fill in your name your email address your you know regular address yeah. all kind of stuff um yeah it's to get it can it. be frustrating and it, 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 it's not the first time a company has had to no. issue replacement discs this seems to happen a lot yeah i mean <laughs> uh, we were talking before shop factory with the recent uh friday the 13th set friday the 13th had, 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 had to replace three yeah. or four discs yeah, because and that that was another quality control thing. But Shout Factory's kind of been somewhat notorious for that over the years. Yeah. But these companies do fess up to their mistakes, yeah. and they do. Hey. They do. Re- they do fix them for the most part. Yeah. They, you know, I, I that's that's, that's kind of cool. But I just thought that that was a cool a cool thing to talk about because it is a recent release from one of these boot prominent boutique labels. Um, that does that does happen. Yeah, that was a cool and interesting story. But uh, you know, speaking of Kino and, and how they release a thousand things in a month, um, <laughs> they just dropped uh, a ton of uh, uh, new releases uh, from one particular actress, uh, Mae West. Correct. Sir. Yeah. Um, so they obviously have gotten their hands on a lot of her stuff, and she is a you know prominent actress from the from the you know from the nineteen thirties forties and. Um, you know, she had a certain certain type of uh, way about her, a little bit more. Well, she, yeah, she's one of the reasons. I mean, we talked about this way back when in Cinema Discovery Project with uh, the Hayes Code. Yeah, 
because a lot of her work was done in the pre-code times. Yeah. And she was very, very... More, uh, more promiscuous. Her characters were very sexual. I was going to say more promiscuous than what she... Yeah, promiscuous, yeah. sexual, a lot of, you know, a lot of that energy. She played roles like that, you know, that the Hayes Code like didn't want, blah, 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 yeah, yeah. you know, all that nonsense. But what's kind of cool now is like a bunch of her movies, like Steven said, are going to get released uh, in June, actually. I think they're all coming out on the same day, June 29th, yep. 2021. Um I got the and list here. Um, you got the and it's nine films. Yeah, nine, they're all single releases. Um, right. So right now it's it's um, you have night after night. Um, you have she done him wrong, which is also got Cary Grant in it from 1933. I've um, seen it. Uh, is it good? Um. Yeah, I dig it. Um, a lot. What's it, what's cool about these films is they're really short. If you watch a lot of movies from like the 30s specifically. Um, they're all like an hour to an hour twenty five. Yeah, that's, that, like, that is one of the good things about a lot of older films is is you yeah, can like get the them longest, in. Yeah, the longest movie out of all of these is eighty seven minutes. That's amazing. Long. That's amazing. <laughs> but um, so you got I'm No Angel, which has also got Cary Grant in it um, from nineteen thirty three. You have nineteen thirty four's Bella of the nineties. Uh, yeah, I've actually uh, I don't want to cut you off, Steve, because you're on a roll. No, you're good. But um, all of these movies were recently on um, the Criterion Channel streaming service, so I just binge-watched a ah, bunch okay. of them. But I'm hoping that the quality on these Blu-rays are going to be better than the quality was on the streaming. Yeah. I'm like, that, uh, well, I hope. think they all have new uh, 4K scans, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I can bring up the bring up the specs, but... Um, but before you know, we... I'll do that. I'll do that while you're reading them. Okay. Off. And uh, 1935, we have Going to Town... And then in 1936 we have Klondike Annie. Then we have her film from 36, uh, Go West, Young Man. 1937's Every Day's a, a Holiday. And then 1940's My Little Chitty Chickadee. <laughs> Chickadee. So nine films from uh, you know from her, and uh, I I mean that's great. I mean we get a, a whole chunk of her career right there uh, from Kino. Um, you have the specs. Yeah, look at well. I mean, I've got all the specs on them, but it doesn't say anything about the transfers. Um, let me see. I, I had a, I, I just I'd taken a picture of. A, oh, did you? Yeah, I took a picture. Yeah, I'm, of a certain I'm looking on Kino's, um, Kino's Facebook page, and I've got the press release as well. Yeah, it says uh, originally posted from a Kino Lorber Insider. Uh, it looks like uh, 2014 HD Master for Night After Night, uh, 2017 Master 4K Scan for She Done Him Wrong. Um, 4K restoration uh, for I'm No Angel um, from 2019. So, I mean, there's a lot. It looks like these are, yeah, wow. m- most of these are new 4K scans except for Cl- no, Klondike no, Annie. Yeah. I got this I, I, I got this from Blu-ray.com. Um, oh, for, that's where uh, I am. Yeah, yeah, in a forum. Um, so most of, oh, you're in the forum. Yeah, oh. yeah. I found it in a forum. Somebody posted the the stuff, but yeah, that's where the that's where you find that's where you find all the good stuff. <laughs> I'm just on their regular announcements where it's got a li- it's got like each movie, then like the special features under each of them. But it's good to hear that these are recent restorations. Yeah, sound pretty recent. Yeah. Now I will say this. So you know, for collectors, um, there has been a rumor, not really rumor, but there has been there's been subtle clues. That um, indicator will actually be putting out something May West in the near future. Related. Um, so, being that they are a UK label versus Kino being American, um, there could be a very similar set 
you know, maybe a set of movies instead of just single releases that indicator puts out. So, um, mm. you know, if you are, you know, are region free available, which, you know, if I didn't say before, invest in a region free player, um, it opens your collecting up to the world. So, uh, do that, please. Uh, yeah. And they are relatively cheaper now than they've ever been before, before, um, Basically, they're kind of like what you would pay for a regular player. Yeah. Like, the usually the prices were astronomically more expensive when I bought one many, many moons ago. Yeah. But they're now much, much cheaper. Um, yeah, and what is what something we also wanted to bring up is that Kino has been, over the last year or so, I would say calendar year, Kino's been releasing a lot of, um, like, small, like, three-film box sets. Yeah. Of specifically Carol Lombard, or, Carrie Grant. Yeah, yeah, actor or actress related. Yeah. Like Carol Lombard, Rock Hudson, um, Carrie Grant. Um, but, um, I got the Barbara. Uh, I got the Barbara Stanwyck one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I'm like, why didn't they just do this for Mae West? But I think the reason being is from what Stephen has just said, they are definitely. Uh, putting a lot more effort when it comes to the restorations of these movies yeah, I, th- I think, I th- the, I think those sets. Yeah, I think because they're putting more effort into each release, they want to get their money's worth. Um, so yeah. they're getting they're going to so sell them, selling them individually. Selling them separately. And of course, if there is an indicator box set, I um, mean and part of the re- I mean there was a clue in one of their newsletters that makes people think that this is going to happen. Um, also, if you look at the history, you know, we did have Criterion put out that Dietrich von Sternberg set and then the, the exact yes, the exact same set was released basically on Indicator, but in a, I would say personally, a better package. Um, it's a bit, be- what's interesting, it's a better package. What is also interesting is I think the Criterion set has more features, yeah. but both sets have the same exact transfers. Yeah. Yeah. So because um, someone, someone actually asked me what the difference was the other day, Yeah, which, you know, uh, sneak peek into things we're thinking about. We're thinking about doing some sections of our episodes where we do a versus, which said is better than the other from, uh, you know, a versus episode. You know, Dietrich von Sternberg Criterion versus Dietrich von Sternberg Indicator. Which one do we like better? Um, so we might do some episodes like that where we, we kind of compare releases. Um, but so that, that, you know, that in particular, particular case could mean that could happen. I mean, Indicator is a UK label and they might put out a whole big set you know, nine films, or maybe they have, maybe they don't. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, be, that would be pretty awesome. So, um, and they don't skimp on features, so they'll, they'll, I'm sure yeah. they'll, they'll load it up and it'll be a nice set. Um, but that's kind of, um, I think all we're going to, we're going to do for, for announcements and acquisitions. Um, or, you know what? Let me real quick, I, I did pick up uh, from the Kino, because Kino also had a sale. Um, yes, yes, it's still going on. Yeah, I think it ends. Right now. It's going on until April fifth. Yes. So, if you have April fifth, twenty twenty one. So if you're listening to this between now and April fifth, it's still on. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I grabbed ten movies. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Big man. Yeah. I, big money bags. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> not anymore. Um, <laughs> I get, Empty money bags. My wife is gonna. If my wife knew how much I spend on movies, she would kill me. Um, oh. Luckily, we're at the beginning of a marriage, and she doesn't really <laughs> look that far into my finances yet. Um, but um, <laughs> but I did grab ten movies. I got uh, Cry Freedom that has Denzel uh, Washington in it. Um, uh, Bluebeard's Eight Wives. I got Boomerang, Daisy Kenton, uh, Far From Heaven. 
um, double nice, yeah, double nice, mm-hmm. T- triple nice, uh, for uh, foreign <laughs> affair, uh, Hollywood Land, which is kind of a one I've been oh, wanting to upgrade for. Um, yeah, I have that DVD. Yeah, I have that DVD. I, I gotta get that Blu-ray. And uh, Mumford, which is the reason I got Mumford was because it looked like one of the movies, like small town movies, um, that I love. Uh, it's got like, uh, I think uh, Jason, um, what's his name uh, from uh, My Name Is Errol, Jason. Uh, Jason Lee. Jason Lee's in it. Like it's like it's like a small little comedy in a small town kind of thing. Um, then uh, my boyfriend's back, which looks like a, a culty '80s like you know weird kind of comic romance movie. Um, and then uh, the Paradigm Case, which is a Hitchcock film. Yes. Yeah. Oh, when they finally announced that that movie was getting a Blu-ray release, I almost cried because well, we know you did cry. You know, I, I probably, you probably did. did cry. I have it, and it's like it was so hard. That movie and Under Capricorn, yeah, yeah. which I believe they also put out. Under Capricorn was impossible to get, yeah, because there was no real DVD release, and I was just trying to get that movie for years because it was the second movie that he did with Ingrid Bergman, yeah, because um, he did Notorious with her, and then I think he did. Under Capricorn with her as well, um, and I think he also did um, Spellbound. I think was also yeah, yeah, Edward yeah, yeah. But anywho, Under Capricorn was the movie he did after Rope. It was the movie he did in 1949 where he tried to use the same uh, shooting technique in Under Capricorn, where it was just it all looked like one shot. But he couldn't like he was just wasting so much film <laughs> into trying to do it that he was that he was just he just like forget it and they just shot the movie regularly. Um, but I wanted that movie for years. It's not even a good movie. <laughs> it's not I mean a great movie. Uh, it's 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 one of his lesser films that no one really talks about. But it's 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 Technicolor. It's it's a period piece. I think Joseph Cotton's in it. Um, yeah. But yeah, but we, we look. Talk we don't have to have, talk about. Don't you don't have to explain yourself, Andrew? Oh yeah, yeah. We're yeah, collectors. Yeah, I gotta get him. I gotta get yeah, him. Yeah, gotta get it. I mean, it's it's it's. It, we don't have to explain ourselves. It, it just don't worry about what people say. Okay. Um, mm. But that is it for uh, you know announcements and acquisitions. And do you do you not want to talk about Warner Archive? Ah, damn it, that's a lot. <laughs> okay, fine. Real fast. Real fast. All right, all right. Let me get let me get my get yours, get my get yours up. up. I'll say mine real quick. Um, okay. So Hit me. so you know. I've been along with the, all the hammer stuff I get from Indicator. I wanted to load up on my hammer that Warner Archives has, and nice. and, I, and I, it's hammer time, yeah, and hammer time, and and also of course <laughs> just getting more Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. So I got Dracula AD uh, nineteen seventy two. Um, also, I got the Curse of Frankenstein, nice, and a two disc special edition. There, uh, we got the Satanic Rites of Dracula. Great title, yeah, I know, right? And then <laughs> probably the best of these movies, uh, the Horror of Dracula. Um, Christopher- yeah, it's the first one. Yeah, the first one with Christopher Lee. Yeah, that's the best one. And then also, I got um, a couple, you know, dramas here, dramas and comedies. I got uh, uh, the Bad and the Beautiful, and I got uh, li- uh, uh, libeled the li- 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 can I can't speak uh, libeled lady libeled lady. Um, just having Spencer Tracy and William Powell in there is, is it makes me excited for that movie. And then um, I got uh, Days of Wine and Roses, which is something uh, Blake Edwards directs it. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, movies. That movie will. You dark movie. Dark movie. Yeah, I've seen. I have the DVD. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've seen it. It's it's like, yeah, Jack Lemmon's in it as yeah. well as Lee Remick, I believe, or is it? it maybe not Lee Remick. No, you're right, Lee Remick. 
Is it, yeah, okay. yeah, I was right. Basically, like, yeah, I don't want to go into it because I don't want to spoil it. Go on, yeah, go yeah. on. And the last one I got is a classic ha- uh, Cat on the High Tin Roof. Uh, Paul, Ooh, Paul Newman, Elizabeth it. Taylor. Um, love that movie. Yeah, so, well, I know it's, Paul Newman's your favorite actor, so I know you have it. Yeah, and, and I love, like, Liz Taylor's one of my favorites, too. Yeah. It's like a power team up. Oh, yeah. It's also based on a Tennessee Williams play. Um, really good. Awesome. Really good. Uh, so, yeah, this is the 4 for 44 sale yeah. that uh, the, WB Shop I'll, 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 I'll say archive. this. This is the most addicting of the sales. It's a really yeah, because they because that's a great whoever thought of that marketing four for forty four is, is a genius because that just gets it's you. It's the most addicting of all these sales, honestly. Be, because we typically these Blu-rays tend to be around eighteen dollars a piece. Typically, if you're buying from Amazon, if you're buying from one or a WB shop, they're typically like twenty one ninety nine a piece. Yeah, yeah. So that's even more. But you can so these can be found for typically around eight fifteen to eighteen bucks a piece. But eleven dollars is, is and, and pretty, I think pretty good price. If you spend over a certain amount, you get free shipping. Free shipping. Yeah. 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 Uh but but this was billed as the final four for forty four sale. So that made people even <laughs> buy in even more. But 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 really uh, they're just changing distributors, I think. Yeah, yeah. from there's it's there's a lot of conspiracy theories. Either Warner Archives going bye-bye, which a lot of some people thought and are panic buying like crazy, or or what is really happening is perhaps they're changing distributors, therefore we don't know if sales will like this will ever happen again. Yeah, we don't know if this particular um, sale will happen again. So, yeah. I really hope Warner Archive doesn't go anywhere because they have a they it's have the a, they only, have a great catalog. I mean, it's yeah, it's the only way to get the back the back catalog of Warner uh, Warner Brothers releases on Blu-ray. Yeah, and they're gorgeous, wonderful, fantastic releases, beautiful transfers, and great and just great stuff. I mean, their special features they're basically just transferring the stuff from the old DVDs that they had put out years ago onto blue onto the Blu-ray disc. But the transfers are so great that I don't care. I yeah, I mean, I was going to say, I mean, Warner Archive is kind of almost on the line of Kino when it comes to their, you know, packaging and special features. Yeah, they're really not producing any new special yeah, features. Yeah, but, but, but they do make the films look beautiful for the most part. They do, yeah. So my list, I bought seven titles. I got the Hudsucker Proxy, the Coen Brothers film that stars Paul Newman. Shocker there. Um <laughs> The, I got the bad and the beautiful. Also, what Stephen got. This is this is the Vincente Minnelli movie, yeah, yeah. with um, um, Kirk Douglas is in it. It's a really great film about um, the negative world of Hollywood yeah. and movie making. Days of Wine and Roses because I want to upgrade that DVD. Libel Lady because it's a great great film and I I want to own it. Um, I also I bought the Tex Avery Screwball Classics Volume One. Yeah. There's a volume two of this. But I wanted Volume One because I love I love collecting kind of old uh, old animation type stuff yeah. uh, like Looney Tunes and uh, Hanna Barbera, which is also Warner Archive. Uh, I got the Jetsons set one time. They they just came out with a Flintstone set, I believe. Um, but yeah, also so I, the I, uh, the Pink Pink Panther stuff. Oh yeah, the Pink Panther set. I have Volume One. I'm basically just gonna like eventually just buy the whole set that they have because they have all that old um that old animation stuff which i love and the tex avery stuff it's like like seeing like uh, droopy and stuff like that um and i just wanted to at least get the first one then i'll get the second one at, later on i also bought some hammer curse of frankenstein yeah. uh, which is um th- which is hammer's version of frankenstein starring uh steven who's it starring oh i mean uh, damn it stars uh you know Peter Cushing, 
Peter Cushing. And, uh, yeah, Hazel as, Court. as Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. And, and Christopher Lee's also in this. Christopher Lee plays the monster, I believe. Oh, does he play the... He, is he? Yeah, okay. he plays Frankenstein's monster. I've seen this film, but this has not been available in the United States, like, outside of DVD uh, ever. So this is, like, the first time it's been on Blu-ray here. And um, I just want to get that whole set. The problem... Uh, it's another thing. The problem with collecting Hammer when it comes to Region 1 stuff here, or Region A stuff in the United States, is everybody seems to have it, it separate. Uh, a piece of it everywhere. Yeah, like to get all the, um, all the Hammer Frankenstein stuff with Christopher Lee, you have to buy this release here, well, and I mean, you got to go to another label I mean, buy another release. The, the tough thing is, it yeah. is Hammer was a UK company. Yeah, know? so it's like they have everything over there, and we have to like fight for it, you know, to get it over here. Yeah, you know? and and when it comes to here, it's like different companies have different qualities and you know yeah. different releases, and it's just a pain in the ass. Um, but then after that, I got After the Thin Man, which is the second film in the Thin Man uh, you know, series. They, they're doing, it's like, we were just talking about this, like, they are they already announced the third movie in that series. Why don't they just put out a which box set? another Thin Why Man. Why don't they just put right? out the box set? They're obviously putting these all out singly. Um, I know, it's kind of, <laughs> you know what would be a big, big I'm gonna be like, shot, in the, shot in the arm? Would be if they put them all in a box set afterwards. I'm going to be pissed. Like, um, I mean, we, I mean, we were just talking about the Pink Panther, um, yeah, the Pink Panther was actually put out by Kino. It, yeah, it's put out by Kino. And they released each volume individually, and then they put it in a box set. So I was like, well, screw you guys. <laughs> the thing is, they, they did, I'm not going to be too upset because Kino box sets are not that fantastic anyway. Oh, the, the Pink Panther one is. It's pretty cheap, well, the, pretty expensive. Well, yeah, but it, I'm saying like they're not they're not that sturdy. They're like thin card. Like, oh, yeah, thin card. Kino, Kino sets like are not price-wise. Kino sets yeah. are not too amazing. So I won't be too mad. Uh, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be too mad. But they're also, yeah, Kino's also releasing like the old Popeye stuff yeah. from like the 40s. That's all stuff I grew up on and whatnot. Um, so I've been like, that's why I bought the Tex Avery screw. But I mean, Warner, Warner doesn't, you know, put out like box sets in their archive, you know. Um, not sometimes. Um, but it's basically just releases that they've already have. Like they won't come out with a box set. That is of something new that they haven't put out previously. Yeah. At least not yet. Like they they put out like um, like a Hitchcock like like four like when they I mean, put I, out obviously um, they're made they're 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 straight up Warner Warner Brothers brand puts out tons of box sets. Yeah, they put out an Alfred Hitchcock four film collection that has yeah. Dial M for Murder, I Confess, The Wrong Man, and Suspicion. But they also had released those individually previously. Yeah. And what is Warner Archives also doing as well? They are re-releasing previous back catalog Warner Brothers titles that had, that already had mainstream releases from the mainstream branch of Warner Brothers. Yeah. For example, Dial M for Murder, the 3D version, had come out by Warner Brothers years ago. I know because I bought it. I have it. <laughs> they, uh, they've also been doing that for things like Cabaret. They're re-releasing it in a Warner Archive version. The, the only main difference, is, from what I understand, is... Uh, obviously, the packaging is different. Yeah. Um, and it says Warner Archive on it. And also, when it comes to Cabaret, I think Cabaret came with a soundtrack or something like that because it is a musical. But the Warner Archive release, I don't believe, does. And the Cabaret had a digi book release and a regular release and now a Warner Archive release. So it's like different packaging. Okay. So it really all depends. And they've done that with a few of their films. Um 
like Guys and Dolls, I think had a Digibook release from Warner Brothers, and now it's got a regular Warner Archive re-release. Um, they've been doing that for a bunch of their titles. So they're, so Warner Brothers is basically just you reutilizing Warner Archive. Yeah, I mean it's it, I mean like we're seeing Paramount uh, doing this with their Paramount Presents uh, don't talk, line. Don't, yeah, yeah <laughs> let me talk me about them. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll get to them they, maybe in another episode. In another life. Yeah, but did you get? <laughs> I, thought, a, did, I thought that I, I well, I said it on the previous uh, on. Cinema Discovery Project, they woke up from like a five to six year long yeah. coma and decided to put out their their back catalog of movies now yeah. in Blu-ray form when 4K is kind of like taken over. Yeah, whatever. Let them, let them have fun. Let them have fun. Let them do it. <laughs> let the kids have fun. Um, let the kids have fun. The, Although they are re-releasing some of their stuff back catalog in 4K, like I believe um, My Fair Lady is getting a 4K re-release, which is kind of nice. Okay. Oh, did you get all your releases out? Did you say everything? Oh, yes, I did. I got them all. Okay. That was all seven of them. All right, cool. Right? I can't count anymore. Well, yeah, I can't either. Uh, I, I can never remember how many things I've bought. I got so many things on pre-order. I mean, I, but um, <laughs> uh, that's That's it. a different talk for that's a different time. That's a different time. talk for a different time. Uh, okay. I should have just called it, You should have just called this podcast Confessions of Movie Addicts or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Know, like, but um, all right, so we're going to move on to yes. our last kind of segment of the show. Um the second half, you can say almost, or the second, the, the last quarter of the show, um, which Let's is going to be kind of uh, focused in on something, something personal about our collections or something. And like a, yeah, like a main topic. A main topic. Supposed to be our sorts. main topic. Um, I mean, there was a lot of announcements this week, so this that segment lasted a good portion of the episode. So we're going to make this pretty, pretty, pretty swift, but we'll we'll get into it. Um, we decided to, so you can help get to know some of our collection, uh, what we go after. Um, and of course this is just a bite size, but, um, we decided we wanted to give you kind of like five, each of us, five of our kind of favorite releases, uh, from the boutique labels, um, that we have in our own collections. And, uh, we'll go back and forth and briefly talk about each release and why we love them and why we love the films. And, um, you want to start Andrew? Sure. Um, and these are in no particular order because like Stephen says it's like choosing your favorite child. Yeah. Can't really do it. No. I mean, some people can. I mean, I can, can, but I mean, it's, whatever. you know, I'm not going to say it out loud. Now. I mean, I don't want to put it on record. Come on now. Um, for, first up here is the limited edition, um, the limited edition release of RoboCop from Arrow Video. And the reason why I chose this is one, because I always really love the film RoboCop. And two, it's because, um, it's a gorgeous release. It's one of their limited edi- their limited editions are indeed limited. So once they kind of sell out and disappear, they can get quite expensive. And I don't know what the number is when it comes to how many because they never really tell you. But I chose RoboCop because it's the one that I, I think I kind of sought after the most. And it took me a while to finally track a copy of this down. And what killed me is that it was affordable when it came out. It was super affordable. Yeah. And I just... just me and my indifferent, uh, procrastinating self just waited, but I did end up finding it. And what I love about it is it's a two-disc edition, comes with three cuts of the movie. There's a movie poster inside. Um, th- it's a new, I believe it's, yeah, it's a new 4K restoration of the from the original um, camera negative uh, by MGM. It was a tra- it was transferred in 2013, so it's a little bit of an older transfer now, but it it looks absolutely gorgeous, and the boxes, and the box construction, I should say more specifically from Arrow, is always really solid. Some of the best, just 
cardboard, sturdy cardboard I've ever seen. Some other, some other boutique distributors use very thin, cheap cardboard, and they always bend and show, uh, show uh, shelf wear. But Arrow is really solid. Um, it comes with a hardcover book, I believe, as well. And I actually did a whole... No, it's a softcover book. I did a whole uh, Blu-ray uh, review for this on my channel, uh, Capzilla Productions, and it's just a really encompassing set. Tons of special features. Absolutely just... Uh, too many to read out right now. I actually had to read all of this out. It was a long video to make. <laughs> it was a really long so, video. So basically he's saying go to his video that he made oh, on this and I get, get a more in-depth. Get the supple- Yeah, really. That's yeah. our special features to this podcast is to go to his YouTube channel. And, and, you hey, know. you got you to gotta plug it until – Yeah, oh, yeah. You, you got to fake it till you make yeah, it, I well, guess. That's oh. whatever that, – that, that doesn't really apply I, I was going to say that doesn't work, but okay. Because <laughs> you're not faking uh, it. You're doing it. You know. Yeah, I'm doing it. True. So you got to – I guess you got to – you always got to sell. You got to do it. You, you, you got to do it to it, okay? All right. <laughs> I don't even know if that one I don't applies. even know either. But, <laughs> <laughs> but RoboCop, the Arrow Edition – Limited edition is one of is one of my favorite sets. There is a non-limited edition, which you basically just get the on-disc contents. You don't get any of the extra swag when it comes to like the booklet or like these these cool like um, postcards and things like that. But Arrow is one of the best when it comes to just quality releases. You'll you'll have, you'll you'll find Definitely. in the boutique world, whether it's um, Arrow here in the U.S. or Arrow U.K., the difference tends to be is the region encoding. Yeah. Um, the Obviously, we're in region A land here. In the U.K., it's region B. Yeah. That seems to be the only now release, that, now, the only difference. That release is region free, though, isn't it? Um, or is it? It says, yeah, I think it's region A and B. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure that uh, that one you can watch on any player. Or not on any player. Well, yeah, you can watch it on any player. Um, what is odd is that usually... It well, should be on the outside of the box, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's not here. Usually it says a, it has a little A or B um, or A, B, and C uh, for all region. But no, it doesn't have any of those. Oh, it says region A. Okay. There's a little there A you here. Go. So, uh, yeah, yeah. If you're, you're in the U.S., you can definitely grab this and watch this. Uh, so uh, I'm not sure how available that limited is, but it's probably... Yeah, it's it's it, it, what sucks is it's... It's probably expensive. It's as probably now. hard to get now, but um, but like, I, that's why I want to mention the regular release. Yeah, I, I, so at least you can watch the movie. Yeah, I own it. It's great. Features. It's a great release. I agree with you. It's it's definitely a solid. Yeah, don't. Another thing for collectors: don't hesitate when it comes to limited editions because you'll you may end up screwing yourself. Yeah, it, like I yeah, do all the time. Yeah. All right. Well, unlike Steven. that's great. Um, so first one I'm going to throw at you is uh, this is probably one of the old an older release I have. Um. So you could say maybe eventually some of these releases could get better restorations, but I, I mean, from what I've seen, these all look great. Um, and it's the uh, a BFI release um, of a collection of films from Hiri, uh, Hirikazu Koreeda, who's one of my favorite uh, Japanese filmmakers. Um, and the name of the sets of Flesh and Blood. And um, great title, yeah, it's a great title. Yeah, and it's got four of his films. Um, it's got a uh, Maborosa or Maborosi, I'm sorry. Um, Afterlife, nobody knows, and still walking. Um, now, when I bought this set, I had already owned um, three of these films. Actually, <laughs> I, I already owned Maborosi uh, uh, from I think an Artificial Eye release, um, and then I had bought the Criterion of Still Walking, and 
Afterlife, I had actually went out of my way and bought a Japanese release of that film because I really wanted it. And, uh, and it's an amazing movie, Afterlife, if you have never seen it. Um, so the only movie I really got new out of this set was no, uh, Nobody Knows. Um, and that movie is, if you haven't seen Nobody Knows, uh, is a, that's a tough movie to watch. At least it was for me about a, a kid that basically gets a, a family of kids, you know, like four kids that gets abandoned by their mother. Uh, in an apartment building, um, and it's just about them trying to survive, um, and it's 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 pretty rough. But it's part of kind of like a series of films that Corietta's um, kind of been. You know, he, he usually he says that this movie, I think, I think also um, he connects it with like father, uh, like son, and shoplifters. It's kind of an unofficial trilogy about unconventional families. Um, you know, and this is kind of the beginning of that, and, and it's a fantastic movie, uh, beautifully photographed, and um, I, I actually got a chance to meet him um, when I went to the Telluride Film Festival a couple years ago, and he was very, very nice, and, um, you know, being able to see um, shoplifters with him there was was, was amazing, but um, yes, this set is is in a sturdy, you know, hard uh, kind of digipack. All the, all the, films are in their own kind of like small slip cases, little plastic slip cases. And, um, it also has a 72 page booklet. So a really big booklet with a lot of essays. Um, I will say that if there was a negative about it, there isn't like a ton of special features. Like it's like very kind of like archival, like behind the scenes stuff. Um, there are some interviews, some things like that, you know, but nothing like crazy. Um, there are a few like, kind of like, um, it like, uh, kind of like college Q and A's, like little things like that. So, so there is some stuff in here, but not crazy amounts of special features for a set that has four movies, but the movies themselves are great packaged together. Um, you can get a good chunk of his great work all in one set. So for, and it's relatively cheap. I think it went for like 40 bucks, um, on, bfi's website it's like roughly around that area so um of flesh and blood the cinema of uh hirikazu koreeda i mean get it nice nice it's it's a shame that a lot of his movies don't have releases here at all yeah it's, i don't know what what what's going it's on it's mostly getting uk's uk's getting all the releases i, I think artificial eyes actually released uh a lot more of his stuff like i think he, he has a few other movies from them like um um, Our Little Sisters, I think, is one of his films that has an artificial eye release. Um, he might have a couple other ones, but I can't remember. Um, the third, I think there's a movie he did called The Third Murder that mm -hmm. um, was put out by, I think, Artificial Eye. Or, or it's, it's it maybe Film Movement? Um, yeah, Film Movement here yeah. in the States. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and here in the States, the yeah, Third Murder... After the storm is both put out by a film movement. Which, you know, Arrow put out a, a set with three of his films, um, like Father, oh. Like Son, After the Storm, and I Wish, which I have that also. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, all uh, Criterion put out Still Walking here, and Milestone has put out uh, Mabarossi. Uh, but Shoplifter still doesn't have a Blu-ray here. <laughs> it, it, the movie came out what three years ago. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know why amazing. that never got him. That that, would, and, that and, movie's so prime for a Criterion release. Uh, yeah. Screaming, screaming out for one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't believe it. Yeah. But well. moving on to me, I guess I'll stick in the UK realm since we're all okay. UK fine, it do up. it. Um, I'm gonna go with the William Castle at Columbia set volume one, which has The Tingler, Thirteen Ghosts, Homicidal, and Mister Sardonicus. And basically, um, this set here blew me away, not specifically for the quality of the movies, um, because William Castle's movies are kind of like lesser versions of a more macabre Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. And they're more entertaining and more like... They're they're gimmicky. They're They're gimmicky. They're gimmicky and they're there to just entertain audiences and all that kind of stuff. Whereas, you know, Hitchcock was more highbrow, but also was super entertaining as well. Uh, but what really blew me away about this set was the the special features. Uh, the quality of them was amazing. Like this set here, if you didn't know anything about William Castle and you went and you just bought this set and was like and watch the movies, and then watch the special features, you would learn so much about William Castle and just the world of his cinema at that time and just the world of cinema at that time and what his films meant at that time and why they were successful and why they're still successful now and just all the different gimmicks and things that he would use. And also, the films all look fantastic. Um, there's a high definition remasters of all of the four films. Um, there's just there's a wealth of commentaries and new special features. And this is like I said earlier when we were talking about um, Indicator. This is uh, you know a, a a you know limited edition box set. Each movie has its own booklet. They all have reversible covers. Um, and yeah, I just absolutely was blown away by this set. I had known who William Castle was. Um, I had seen his film House on Haunted Hill, which is probably one of his most well-known films of all time, and and that film is not in this set, and it's not in the second set, so it's not all of his movies. Yeah, basically, you're just getting like eight of his movies in over, across two sets, but this set here uh, is from I think nineteen, let's see, nineteen fifty nine to nineteen sixty one of his career, but it gets into all of his stuff and. There's only 6,000 of these that were made. And I absolutely love the packaging. I love the I love the cover art. I love the art on each of the individual Blu-ray cases themselves. And I really actually prefer having individual Blu-ray cases when it comes to multi-movie box sets. Um, because you get kind of more bang for your buck. Also, you're gonna you're gonna know that the discs are protected and they're just not they're not in like a digipack, they're not in like some fold out monstrosity, yeah. they're not in sleeves. Yeah. Good gracious. We got there's a whole sleeve it, problem going it's, on it's right a stru- now. It's, it's, a, going it's a structural on. thing. I mean it, when when they're it's that, a structural thing. Yeah. And it's like I paid, you know, when you pay, you know a hundred like bucks almost. Six, yeah, or yeah, if you pay sixty or seventy dollars for something you want it to be decent quality, yeah. you know, especially when you're importing this stuff. So, yeah, I absolutely love this set. Um, and there's just, there, there's such a wealth of indicator stuff that I really love. I mean, I love this set. I love the Ray Harryhausen set, which is also really fantastic um, and just very educational. The, what I love getting out of a release, especially an expensive release, is, you know, how much information can I get out of this? Not just the movies themselves, but like how much are 
how much are they telling me? Like yeah. how much how much education am I getting out of? And that's it? I, know, I just love learning about movies. Yeah, I mean that, that's and, and like I, that goes back to what I said earlier about how I I look at my collection is like an archive, a library, something I can continue to learn from. And that's why I blind I blind buy a lot because I'm just I'm just building up uh, my library so that I can go in and pull something off the shelf and learn more things. Um, right. And, and yeah, it's, it's what's exciting about film and and film collecting. Um, yeah, and let me let me plug this right away. I also did a Blu-ray review of <laughs> <laughs> William Castle at Columbia God Volume damn. One at uh, Capzilla Productions on YouTube. Of course YouTube. he did, son of a bitch. Of course he did. Um, I think I'm just going to end up doing uh, Blu-ray reviews of all of these releases just to even, go probably even some episode. of mine, even some of mine. <laughs> um, yeah, shit. yeah. But um, uh, all right, yeah, cool. I, I'm I have that set too. I, you know, it's a, it is a great set. Um, um, the Tingler is the highlight of that. I love the Tingler. Yeah, the Tingler's the best movie yeah, in the set. Yeah. Like I said, the movies aren't that great, uh, but they're lots of fun. They're lots of fun. They're yeah, lots of fun. All right, so, I love the gimmicks. Yeah, oh yeah. And um, so my next one I'm going to bring up highlight here is uh, is a is this is a big one. This is a, a best picture winner. Um, and to me, what got me about this release, other than the, the fact that the packaging was amazing, the artwork was amazing, um, great trans—it's the great transfer. Um, this new 4K transfer of the apartment by Billy Wilder, like first time I put this on, on in my player and watched it, I was like, "Was this movie made yesterday?" Because it looks amazing. This movie's from 1960. Um, and it looks amazing, like the restoration on this. I mean, of course, this was a Best Picture winner, so they probably had a lot of good material to work with when it came to, you know, restoring this to the best quality possible. And it, it, it looks amazing. But I don't have to tell you, this movie's great. I mean, you agree with me, I'm assuming, right? Oh, yeah, yeah it's one of the best. I wouldn't even say one of the best, 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 best picture winners, but it's one of the best. Um, Billy Wilder films of all time. I mean, Jack, uh, Jack Lemmon in this movie, he's so, I mean, I, I find him to be relatable. I mean, like I, I, you know, like, you know, being the guy that like is trying to please people and then they kind of take advantage of you sometimes like it, it, being that guy I, and, you know, liking a girl and her not liking you back, I, you know, that's stuff that we've dealt with. It's relatable. It's relatable. <laughs> um, but it's such a great movie. Shirley MacLaine's it. Of course, also Fred, uh, McMurray, um, yeah, Fred McMurray, who's playing like just an asshole yeah. in this movie, and it's because my introduction to Fred McMurray was uh, the sitcom My Three Sons. Yeah, yeah. Where he's playing like like you know an all time loving dad, and it's just odd to see him just playing real asshole <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> and of course, I saw him in um, uh, Double Indemnity, yeah. where he's he's just seduced by Barbara Stanwyck into all kind of ne- bad shenanigans. Yeah, but he's also you know, kind of going along with it too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, go on. Yeah. But the, yeah, the release is fantastic. Um, it also comes with a, uh, pretty good size hardback, uh, hardbound, uh, book with essays and pictures and, and, um, it's, it's what script notes is in there. I think, um, it's an amazing release. Um, it has a reversible cover. Um, great hard hard bound digipack um so yeah i mean it's it's one of my favorite releases um, that i've i've gotten over the years and it's one i've want, went back to watch multiple times because it's so beautiful so um yeah that's uh yeah. Yeah, it yeah, it may have been the first limited edition arrow us release that i ever got cuz it came out in 
uh, December of 2017. Yeah. And I remember getting, I remember there being a whole bunch of, wasn't, yeah, we talked about it on the podcast at the time. There was an issue with its release where some people, like, it was available, then it wasn't available, then it was available again. Yeah. Or it was super tough to get. And, it was, and I think what happened is it was super tough to get. So I told Steven, get it, like, get it while you can't. Well, I mean, like, I, I got get mine it, right, get it right away. away. Yeah, I got mine. Yeah. I pre ordered mine and I got mine on time. I guess they maybe had a, um, yeah, they pulled the pre-orders. That's what was happening. Yeah. yeah. We talked about it at the time. They were, like, pulling people's pre-order, like, canceling people's pre-orders, and then some people got it and some people didn't get yeah, it. Yeah, I don't even remember how I got mine. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got I got, I, think I, I got mine right off the bat. I was lucky. I was one of the lucky ones. I can't um, remember if I got it from, like, deepdiscount.com or someplace. I think I ordered I mine. I know it was on Amazon. I ordered mine straight from Arrow Films, so I think that's why I got yeah. mine. Steven um, does that a lot. He goes he goes straight to the source. Sometimes I'm on the uh, I'm on the outside because I'm trying to look for those deals. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes I, I mean I, I'm with you. I mean, in most cases, honestly, I'm with you there. Um, I actually order a lot of my things through Diabolic DVD. Um, mm, I like yeah. I like their site. Um, we'll talk about them. We'll talk about other sites to buy these movies from maybe in the future. But um, I do, I you know, like Indicator, I buy straight from Indicator. Um, sometimes I buy straight Criterions from them, but, um, you know, it just depends on what's going on. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember that happening with the with the release of Apartment, and I, I got lucky. I got mine right away, so that was great. Um, but it's one of my favorite releases, yeah. Um, yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, I love that movie. like, adore that movie. Um, All right. For me, yeah, for me, I'll go... I'll go to another release I adore, and this was one when it was announced I couldn't be more happier, and that is the Before Trilogy, three films by Richard Linklater, and I had owned these movies, um, the first two were actually only available on DVD, Before Sunrise and Before Sunset were only available on DVD here in the States, Before before Midnight um, had come out in 2013, so it got a Blu-ray release when it came out. So I still have that regular Blu-ray release, yeah. actually, because I think there's actually a special feature on there that this doesn't have. It's some talk, it's some someplace. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, that's why I hold on to it. But this has um, just three of all-time favorite movies for me personally, uh, specifically Before Sunrise and Before Sunset, which I've talked about many times on here over the years. On, on Cinema Discovery Project, and now obviously Chasing Labels. Um, and this is from the Criterion Collection. Um, there's there's a DVD set, as well as a Blu-ray set, and and this was number 856, the box was. The box was, and then each of the films were 857, 858, 859. Um, Steven, I'm going to drop this again on you. I also did a review of this at one point Jesus in time on my, on my YouTube channel. I, and this is completely coincidence. I didn't plan this. <laughs> but I had, coincidentally, that video was one of my all-time most-watched videos. And when I tell you out there, people, my videos do not get a lot of views. <laughs> but this got a blue, this got, this gets so many reviews Well, I can tell you, look, I can tell you right now. This is, and this is the, this will tell you the, the dedication of, of this man uh, over here. Yeah. You know, he, he does it because he loves it. Um, right. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to put down his channel or anything. But, yeah, he right. doesn't – it's not like he's become some big star or something on YouTube. I wish. He wishes. I'm sure he would love to have more people listening <laughs> to what he's saying. But he continues to do it, and he's done it for years doing these video essays and things like that because he loves film. So That's you should true. go over there and check out his videos because he's 
really putting really time and effort into uh, being able to give you, uh, you know, evaluations of his releases and and reviews yeah. of some films. He, he pr- used to do a lot more reviews, but now he's primarily looking at Blu-ray releases, right? Yeah, and it's, it is, I mean, people will give you the false sense of that YouTube, that being, that YouTubing in any sense or any way or any level is easy, and it kind of really isn't. If you want to put any real effort into it, it's, it's time-consuming. When, you, when, you, when you're doing it, something where you don't energy. get a medium immediate gratification, it's hard. You know, some, when you're doing yeah, some kind like of performance that, thing, you know. The actual, like, physical doing it, and then the editing, and then the uploading, yeah. and and then just, like, just sharing it is like, you know, you never know who, who who's seeing it, how many people are seeing it. I mean, um Sometimes things hit, sometimes things don't. Yeah. Sometimes you think things are going to hit, and they just don't. I mean, it really all depends. I mean, that, sounded, that really was some Dr. Seuss stuff you just did there. It sounded really... It really was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, didn't even think I shouldn't even have brought... I also did... Why did I bring up Dr. Seuss? God, everybody's going to hate yeah, us now. What's, what's mind-boggling is that some of the releases that you're talking about, The Apartment, I also did a video <laughs> of, and 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 the before trilogy, I did one of, and this was years ago when I first got the set, but this set here is... One of my all-time favorite I love Criterion the, the artwork, releases. The artwork is amazing. The artwork is so is so just gorgeous, like yeah. literal artwork. It comes in each individual thin packs. Yeah. So it goes back to the days where Criterion still does it, but not as often. Is they would put each film into these thin packs, these cardboard thin packs. Now you're saying, yeah, you 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 heard the word cardboard, and you're freaking out. Yeah. But don't freak out because each of them had plastic hubs inside yeah, of them yeah. that would hold the discs. The discs aren't. Aren't floating around in in the ether. <laughs> they're not. In, they're, they're not. They're, they're not, not in, in like a, a folder slide. Yeah, they're not in like cardboard sleeves or anything yeah, yeah. like that. I've seen those travesties. Um, but each movie comes, but each movie comes in its own sleeve. There's a booklet here, and these movies I think are just some of the all-time great romance movies. Um, they're just they're so simple yet so profound. And this release has lots of special features. If you're not familiar with the Before trilogy and you want to blind buy something. I would highly recommend buying oh, yeah. this set. I love Richard Linklater as a director. Um, his film Dazed and Confused is also part of the Criterion Collection. That's also one of my all-time favorite releases. And um, Boyhood, Boyhood also has another is another one. Um, and, but these films here, I believe, uh, there's a new 2K digital uh, transfers of Before Sunrise and Before Sunset, and a 2K digital master of Before Midnight. So that was probably done yeah. you know, right when the movie came out. Because this release is is that old. By old, I mean probably came out in like 2000 and something. Yeah, Actually, yeah. I can look that up right now. Um, but yeah, it's a beautiful digipack set. Yeah, this release came out in 2017. So now, not that long ago. Yeah. Wow, now, that seems like forever ago. <laughs> Another lifetime. Another lifetime. But yeah, the movies each star Ethan Hawke as well as Julie Delphi. And they're just magical, wonderful movies. It's about love and life, you know, the ups and downs and human connection. And it's really profound stuff that's really hit, that really hits home in a very personal level. Yeah, I agree. So, I, I love these movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, funny enough, most people love that middle movie the most. Uh, yeah, we talk about this. Yeah, all we the talk time. about this. We're like yeah. the two people that love the first one the most. Well, I love the first one the most, but I'm also a really big fan of the la- of the third film. Like I, I, though it is the probably the hardest one to watch because yeah. it's the most real. <laughs> it's it's the midnight of of a loving relationship, and it's the most real in the sense like, man, does love the, the, the romance? Over time? The romance. <laughs> it's like the romance. We're past the romance. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. 
how powerful is love and human connection yeah. over a long distance of time and that strain man yeah. that strain that's real stuff you yeah. see this all the time where people you know fighting and have interpersonal relationship problems and things like that just put it just put it's, it this way movie. if you want to compare it to a recent film that scene in marriage story where they argue that's the whole third act of the movie. The, you think that, that was rough to get through. Watch. Yeah, that scene with Adam Driver yeah. and Scarlett Johansson, that one scene where he punches the wall. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole third act of this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so strap yourself in and watch and watch yeah. uh and it, But the thing is though, is you follow this couple from like for, it, what's amazing in these movies is they they're ten years apart. Yeah. And it's ten years of real time. Yeah. Like the characters have you know, moved in their world ten years, so it's a real journey here. Yeah. One, the first one was in ninety, ninety five. The second one was two thousand and four, and the last one was two thousand and thirteen. So nine years or so. Yeah. I was, I was close. I like to think of things in chunks of decades, but, <laughs> oh, but hopefully, maybe one day we'll get a fourth movie. I don't. I think we're good. I don't need it, but I know. Cool. But nah, I think, we're, <laughs> and we passed the time where it would actually. Oh, we did. Yeah. Damn you, time. Nine years has already passed. Yeah, it would have been no, no, 2013. Nine years would be next year. So he no. would have to have been making it by now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 2022, which is next year. Maybe he's been doing it. We didn't know he was making Boyhood for yeah for 12 he made years. Boyhood secretly for yeah for, <laughs> for 12 years. So uh, who knows? Who knows? Okay. Next. All right. Next. Well, I might as well get this out of the way because you just keep uh, stealing all my releases and by making YouTube, making YouTube videos for him. But um oh just do it just I'm drop just gonna a drop hammer. it down. Um this is one of my favorite filmmakers. Um oh, so I have yes. to throw this guide this release from Criterion the Apu trilogy. Um which there it is. go to Cabzilla 06 for the full on review of this. I this is one of my <laughs> earliest videos and I still get comments on it from from people. Because go on. because he, he's one of the he's a he's a filmmaker that's still being discovered by a lot of people and so, and, and there are a, a lot of cinephiles that know about uh, Satyajit Ray um, and know how amazing he is. And this Apu trilogy is kind of what got him, you know, it was his first, the first Apu movie was his first movie. And, um, you know, these films are amazing. All, all of them are, to me, five-star movies. Um, and this, you know, the, the one thing about the Apu trilogy is this, these were movies that were almost lost to us. You know, we, they almost got burned in a fire, you know, like they, you, we would have not never seen them, but they got saved. And um, thank God, because they're amazing films, you know, story of, of, you know, of Apu, his life, you know, in three different kind of kind of like Boyhood would eventually be, you know, just a little bit different, you know, split up into three movies and over, uh, you know, a little bit longer part of somebody's life. But yeah, and it's, I believe it's different actors Well, the same actor for the second and third yes, film. Yes. But different actor for the first film. But um fantastic release it comes in kind of the same kind of packaging as um as the uh, before trilogy it has three kind of cardboard digi packs um and you know they're special features for all the films on all these discs and a three disc special edition um yeah I, I just can't say enough like i said just go to his youtube uh, channel and watch his video because his video essay is going to be a lot more elaborate but i love yeah i go yeah, I don't want to plug it again. No, go ahead, but, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm saying go. I'm, I plugged it for you, so um, that's true. It's a double plug. Yeah, a double um, plug. Um, yeah, it's it's it, amazing. to me. We talked about uh, Satyajit Ray, uh, 
Ray, Ray or Ra- Rye. I think it's Rye. Either way, just, yeah, either Ray, say it with love. Um, but um, we've talked about his films before, specifically the Apu trilogy, and that box set is everything you need to know when it comes to Satyajit Rai. Um, I knew nothing about him at all. Yeah, I didn't me know either, about yeah. his movies. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know what he meant to like cinephiles and cinema in general. And I, and I went through that box set, and it, it was like going through fil- a film school course. Yeah. It was film school in a box. And it was amazing, I mean, it, it set, like life changing experience. Yeah, I mean, it set me. It was it was the first time in a long time that I have kind of been like so um, set off by a, a, a filmmaker. You know, finding a filmmaker I had never found before, and it sent me on this like rampage to watch more of his stuff. And of course, I, I purchased all the rest of the stuff that came from Criterion. Um, they had already released Music Room. Um, they'd also have. Um, uh, the big city, the big city, which is maybe his, I mean, my favorite, maybe of his films. Um, uh, the, the hero, which was is yeah, probably the last time we've gotten a release from him, which is now. Yeah, and then Charolata was in there as well. Yeah, yeah, and of and course some of his short, him, some of his shorts are on these releases too. Yeah, um, there is a late Ray Eclipse set. Yes, that I have as well. Yes, um, where it has his like his last like group of films that he did. Um, he did get a an honorary Oscar like very late in his career, to the yeah. point where I think he passed away like right I think after. 19, I, I, I think it was nineteen ninety two Oscars. Yeah, and you can see like one of the special features is him getting his honorary Oscar, and he's like they have to like video yeah. video conference him in, and this is like the early nineties. This is before yeah. before Zoom, before any of this, and. Um, he was like, yeah, and I believe who, the person who presented it to him was Audrey Hepburn. No, oh, that's nice. And she, yeah, she pronounced it as Satyajit Rai. So yeah. if, I, if Audrey Hepburn pronouncing it, I'll just go with what she says. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then she passed away coincidentally right around the same time. I think because I believe she passed away in nineteen ninety three or so. Okay, so that would have been around the same time. Um, but yeah, amazing box set. Um, that video. I don't know what it did, but it's got thousands of views. And every now and then I get comments on it from people from India. Yeah, yeah. Um, saying, you know, thank you. Th- you know, just saying, yeah, uh, uh, Rye was the best. Thank you for making this video, et cetera, et cetera. And- I-, I get the same thing with random, like, because I uh, I actually got a, a shirt made for him. Is, you know, when it, an image of him, it says Satyajit Ray on it. And I, I took a picture of myself wearing it, and I've gotten many people from around the world that comment on that on that particular picture like yes you know like <laughs> yeah, yeah but apparently he was an in, not you know an international icon for the lack of a better term yeah um i was just late to the game yeah, yeah i kind of yeah, regret, I, I know, regret being late to that game because it seemed like a game everybody was in well i mean i mean <laughs> we, we if we know anything about uh indian you know bengali cinema is that Particularly Bollywood films are the ones that right. get the notice from there, but their more intimate drama stuff is not as prominent, you know. Yeah, you know. Bollywood is, I think, the second biggest like movie uh, studio world outside big, of they're Hollywood probably the in the United States. <laughs> yeah, who really knows what Hollywood's doing? Um, yeah, so that's kind of that, that's awesome. But making the transition back over to me um, is another uh, Criterion box set mm-hmm. shocker. Um, and it's an early one that I bought. I think it's the first one I ever bought. And this was another blind buy for me. I just bought it. I don't know what I was thinking. I, th- I think I bought this like 2010. That's how long ago <laughs> this was. Uh, it's uh, America Lost and Found, the BBS story. Nice. Yeah. And yeah. it has one, two, three, four, five. Is that six films? 
seven films. It has um, Head, Easy Rider, Five Easy Pieces, Drive, He Said, A Safe Place, The Last Picture Show, and The King of Marvin Gardens. But what's awesome about this set is not only the movies, but it's the special features because you get the whole backstory of the BBS yeah. and just this like production company at the time that was kind of born out of the 1960s like independent underground like cinema type stuff like think like 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 something that was born out of the Roger Corman school and yeah. all that kind of awesome stuff and you've got and these are people that you're going to recognize Dennis Hopper um Jack Nicholson uh, Peter Bogdanovich um we talked about a lot of this yeah, when we, we did, did an episode. the episode yeah. Of of just seventies like American New Age cinema in uh, in Hollywood, you know. I think uh, we all, back we, all, on we also the Discovery Project. Yeah, we also reviewed Five Easy Pieces. I think we did do Five Easy yeah, Pieces yeah. in in and of itself. But I think the biggest movie from this set and maybe most well known is Easy Rider. No, it's it's uh, the movie Head, directed by oh, Den- clearly. Dennis Hopper <laughs> oh, with the monkeys. Yeah, with the monkeys introducing the monkeys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. But for me, my favorite, and I think one of the most underrated movies, probably one of the best movies I've ever seen, period, is The Last Picture Show by Peter Bogdanovich. I think that movie is Mm -hmm. absolutely amazing. But this was an earlier box set from from the Criterion Collection, so it's not going to be, like, super, like, not, like, like things like too... Yeah, it's not going to be... I think it's only got a Blu-ray edition now. I think the DVD. Well, edi- I, I, this already has a Blu-ray. Edition. Well, it does. It's I'm only saying it's only only on Blu-ray now. I think it used to have a DVD that's out of print now. Did it have a DVD release? Yeah. I know the Blu-ray edition of this set is still in print. They have re-released Five Easy Pieces as an individual release. Yeah. I'm really surprised. Did they re-release Easy Rider as an individual release? I don't I think, think they so. did. I think so. Maybe they. I don't know. I know that Easy Rider had an had an individual release put out by Sony. Actually, because the BBS had a distribution deal, I think, with Columbia Pictures at the time. Okay. Um, that's part of the whole backstory. We get into a lot of that. But, yeah, this set came out in 2010, and I probably bought this April 29th, 2011. <laughs> I couldn't tell. That was when I started buying Criterions because um, I had no idea what Criterions really were circa 2011, yeah. and they were just having a random sale on Amazon at the time, and I was like, okay. Yeah. I just I heard people talk about, like, this set. I heard people talk about, like, uh, Amar Court. I heard people talk about Breathless. I heard people talk about uh, Wings of Desire. I bought that yeah, back then, yeah. too. So I would just buy random, random I mean, yeah, when I you, like, I think, right. I think when you get into these boutique <laughs> labels, you, you, um, you start out looking for, like, stuff from the directors you know. So like you know you look for Hitchcock you look for you know thing is my 2011 self I was like 24 years old I had no idea about any of these people yeah. <laughs> I knew no I sure yeah yeah and I was just like well everybody everybody starts I had just everybody like starts, started getting you get into, dazed and confused because you've heard of it um, and yeah you liked it. like I was just starting to get into um like Criterion and stuff like that because I didn't. I didn't go to the Barnes and Noble Criterion sale until that year. I still, I've said this a million times. My first two Criterions at that sale were, um, were the the Wes Anderson film, uh, Darjeeling Limited, and I think I bought the Thin Red Line. Okay, I think those were my first two, <laughs> and I didn't know hardly anything about either of them. I think I had heard of Wes Anderson, and I had heard that the Thin Red Line was 
was a World War II movie. Yeah, I yeah. think that was it. I didn't even really know who Terrence Malick was. But at the time, I picked up this set, and then I just started watching these movies, and I started watching the features, and it just blew, it just exploded my my 24-year-old mind into like, holy crap, these, this is amazing. You're talking about like the history of movies and all the, and this movement and all these great movies and, in and here. And of course, and this, you know, this was a, you're a Scorsese fan, a big Scorsese fan. Yeah. So this was a time where he kind of came up into prominence. Was was during the- Yeah, the 70s. Yeah. yeah. 60s well, yeah, into yeah, 70s. Yeah, late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. yeah, the earliest film in the set is Head, which came out in 1968. And then the last one was King of Marvin Gardens, which was 1972. And yeah, Bob Rafelson is a guy I know specifically from this set here. Uh, and this set here doesn't have, like I said, it's not going to have like 4K restorations or 2K restorations. This was before people knew what those things were, yeah. <laughs> basically. So it has new restored high definition digital transfers with uncompressed monaural soundtracks, um, optional surround soundtracks for Head and Easy Rider. And there's an audio commentaries for Head, Easy Rider, Five E, and and Five Easy Pieces, The Safe Place, and The Last Picture Show. All right, we're not doing a and full review. Of, we're not, we're not yeah, doing but a, that was it. That, that's honestly it. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing else. You need to go make a video on your page for this if you need to. You know, I'm doing it right yeah, after this. Yeah, video, well, right you after we're done to. recording. Like this is this is this is happening <laughs> today. I can't I can't I can't let this 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 end here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love this. Absolutely love this set. There's a booklet inside, but I will warn you, when it comes to Criterion. The cardboard for a lot of these digipack releases of their earlier sets, uh, these things warp like crazy. And yeah. these things really aren't the sturdiest stuff. So each individual movie does come in that that um, that small, like thin cardboard digipack with the plastic holders. Um, but yeah, they they tend to bend. They do tend to they're, bend. They're better the than Kino sets, but they're not as good as some other ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I've had this set, like I said, now for over nine years, and it's still fine. It's still, it's still good. You know, I like to make sure nothing, yeah. nothing bad happens to any of these. Yeah, <laughs> I almost, I almost just knocked out every he, single. He just literally almost destroyed it. Um, yeah, I almost knocked over the whole computer. Yeah, this was gonna be. A yeah, mess. it would have sucked. Um, <laughs> all right, well, we gotta get, we got each two yeah, more. Get to I the th- final one. Yeah, well, I got two. We got two more. Oh, you got two. I have one. Okay. All right, so. This is a film I recently discovered, and, I, and this is from a, one of the smaller uh, Bootsy labels. Um, they're called Grindhouse Releasing, um, and this is a film I recently discovered, and I loved it, and this release is, is gorgeous. It's a film called The Swimmer, um, starring Burt Lancaster, and um, if I describe this movie to you, you might find it to be the most boring movie ever. Um, it's about a man who um, decides he wants to swim home um, through his through his his neighborhoods his friends neighbors pulls all the way to his house so he you know it's about him you know going you know without giving anything I don't want to give the movie away but it's him discovering things about himself as he swims home um, and to me this was a big discovery I mean I love this movie um, Burt Lancaster I think gives maybe one of his most impressive performances in this movie he also is a is a good looking man. Um, I think he was in his mid fifties at this time, um, which is pretty pretty amazing. Um, also, you know, th- this comes in like a, an embroidered, um, you know, digipack case. Um, it has uh, it actually comes with a CD um, with the soundtrack on it, so you can get the soundtrack, and um, it, it has a, I think a reversible cover also with a booklet. It's two disc. Um, so you can get the DVD in here if you want it. Um, 
And for for me, one of the big things is the special features. Um, it has a two and a half hour documentary of kind of the making of this movie from from before production to the end to its release, and it's a very awesome uh, documentary. Gives you a lot of insight on Burt Lancaster himself um, and how he felt about acting and and where he was in his life at that time. And um, it's a great documentary. Um, so yeah, this was a great discovery for me, The Swimmer, and it's become one of my favorite things I've bought recently. Um, have you you've seen The Swimmer, right? I've seen the movie. I have to get that edition because it sounds fantastic. There was an earlier edition of that movie that came out a few years ago. Um, which I also didn't get, but I'm glad I kind of waited for this oh, yeah, one. Yeah, um, Cause it's a new four, it's a new 4k transfer. So there you go. Yeah, it's put up by the same company. Okay. Um, school, school, uh, Grindhouse, right? Yeah. Grindhouse yeah. releasings. Grindhouse releasing. Yeah. That's a great movie. The whole movie is just one long metaphor. Yeah. About like, it, I, ca- I called it like, it's like Bergman's wild strawberries, but like with Burt Lancaster and swimming, yeah. just kind of like. Each each pool he goes to and each place he goes to is like a different part of his his life's journey. It's 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 he's um, dissecting. Really, it's really like dis- dissecting each part pool he goes to helps dissect another. Kind of breaks the armor down of things he's part hold- of his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Different parts of his life. Uh, yeah, I love. I yeah, it's a great movie. I love the movie. Um, I guess transitioning into my one. Good thing I just brought up Bergman. Yeah. Oh man, what a damn genius transition! Damn, your transitions are. Um. Yeah, this box set is maybe for me personally is probably one of the box sets to end all box sets. Um, and it is Ingmar Bergman cinema. And I believe it's all of his movies. Uh, um, I don't think it's everything. It's pretty close. Is though. it not everything? No, it's, I think it's missing. I'll some. say this. If it's not all of his movies, <laughs> it's, it's 38 movies. <laughs> it's, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's got a good amount of them, but I think it's missing some of his titles from I, later. I don't la- know later what titles. it's missing. I we can't figure not, we can't figure this out now. Andrew. I, can't, I can't figure this out. Anyway, <laughs> it's got it's got all it's got stuff that ranges from 1946 to 2003. It's 38 movies on I want to say 30 yeah 30 discs. Um, it's a massive set in size and in theory, and it was done for to coincide with I believe his hundredth birthday, yeah. which I've, he's no longer with us. Um, but it came out in two thousand and eighteen, and this is a massive, heavy set. Like literally, it's huge. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just to pick this thing up, it, it weighs a couple of pounds, it's, a couple it, of decent it, pounds. You know, being as big as it is, it's not not everybody's happy that it's as big as it is because it doesn't. No, doesn't... it doesn't really fit on a shelf. No, and it's gonna it, it, this thing tips over. It could get it could damage itself. Yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's it's something you want to handle. Almost with gloves on because you just—it's two. One is expensive set, yeah. and two, you don't want to damage it at all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the cardboard is thicker and heavier than some of the other sets from Criterion, um, but it—but when it comes to packaging, that can, that's when people can get a little, uh, a little, a little dicey with it because it is. I believe that it's not. Uh, how do I? How do I explain it? It each disc ha- is is in like a slot. They're the, cardboard it, slots. Um, they're cardboard slots. They're secure. They, I didn't have any problems with discs flying out. The biggest issue when it comes to this type of packaging is you got to like dig to really get the discs out. Yeah. And it's really going to all depend on the size of your hands, to be real. You know, if your hands are bigger, it's going to be more difficult. If they're smaller, maybe easier. You're going to have to touch the back of the disc, which you kind of don't really want to do because 
you know, you don't want to get fingerprints or dust or scratches or anything on it. Blu-rays are typically resistant to that, but they can only take so much. Um, that's one of the negatives of the set, and there are lots of discs, but when it comes to the, just the giganticness of the packaging, it's a gorgeous set to look at. Um, it has a beautiful giant book in it as well that's like a coffee table-sized book, so you can only imagine the dimensions of the set are huge. And for me... Bergman is so indescribably unique when it comes to his films that you, it's just his work's just amazing to me. Like I'm constantly blown away by it because there's just nothing like it. I went really, um, I went really strong into this set. Like I, I watched like I would say the first because you know this this set's curated. Um, yes, yeah. it's also one. Yeah, it's curated. And um, I watched the first section of this. Really quickly, I was like, "Man, I'm gonna get myself through all these movies. I'm gonna watch all these movies." I I I got too intimidated. I stopped. I stopped at like I think f- maybe twelve films in. <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's, yeah, it's kind of cool that they curated this set, and I think they curated the Varda set as well. Yeah, the Agnes yeah. the Agnes Varda set, um, and it's kind of cool. I me personally, I kind of prefer to watch things in release order, so. I kind of have to bounce around a little bit versus. It's called OCD, people. Yes, it's called OCD. (laughs) It is, but it's kind of cool where it's like here's this group of movies that are similarly themed. Here's that group that is similarly themed. Here's a group of his early work, and here's a group of his more well-known stuff. It's really cool, and there's a whole book in here that breaks down all of his movies and all this kind of stuff. It's it's like I said, it's film school in a box, but it's it's Ingmar Bergman. I mean, but it is an expensive set, so it's not for everybody, and it's it's not shelf it's not you know shelf for collector shelf friendly friendly yeah <laughs> shelf friendly. Um, that's, that's why, why I, I keep it separate from everything else. I got no place to put it. That's why that's why you gotta have custom shelves made. You know, you just true. You, know, you can get Very you know, true. or you just you just got you, you you know. Some people have this problem more than others, of course. That's what is tough for people when it comes to collecting physical media. Is some people just don't have the room. Um, yeah, the spacing the yeah, space can yeah. be tough, but um. But All yeah, right. what's your final uh, what's your final one, Steve? My final one, I'm going I'm going to the you know, one of my favorite labels. We've talked about them a lot today, Indicator. And uh, you know, I could have went to, you know, box sets or things, but I decided to go with one of their individual limited edition uh kind of digipack releases. Um Ooh. that I and you know I like it. Some people were thinking, is he gonna say Night of the Demon? Because that's kinda like the most popular one. <coughs> I'm not. I decided to not go Night of the Demon. Though that could have been one, um, I decided to go with one they they put out recently, um, and it's by the director Richard Franklin, and it is a '80s kind of like Hitchcockian thriller, but on the Australian outback, and that's Road Games, <laughs> um, starring nice. starring Stacy Keach and Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, this was another one of the movies I just discovered, and I I love the movie. The movie's really stylish. Um, it is very much like, it's like rear window, but in the outback, uh, and Stacy Keach plays a truck driver who kind of like starts to get suspicious of this man. He kind of, uh, meets on the road. Uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's just a very fun movie and one, like I said, a discovery and, you know, Richard Franklin's not a director I was really, I was aware of until this movie too. And he was a big Hitchcock fan. He, he took a lot of influence from him and, he didn't go on to make a lot of movies, but I think some of the some of the stuff that he's done look looks very interesting, and um, just the fact that he kind of came up in a time where Australian cinema wasn't very prominent. Um, he he actually had to come to America to to get his degree. You know, he we went to 
um, University of Southern California, and he actually um, got a chance to meet Hitchcock there, and and so you know he met his heroes, and uh, then he went on to kind of imitate him a lot uh, in his career. But this movie, this edition, you know, it comes with a a, a booklet, um, and it's got uh, a poster in it, and um, the cover art is amazing. Um, this movie was actually very much kind of hard to advertise. Um, when it came out, you know, cause if you look at the cover art, it makes it out to be this like slasher type movie. And it really isn't really, it's kind of an amalgamation of thriller, some horror, a lot of, co- some comedy, um, adventure. Like it's, it's kind of a hard movie to, 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 to nail down. So it's one of the movies that didn't really, it wasn't very successful, but I think later down the line, it got more appreciation. So I'm so glad that Indicator put this out in the way they did and helped me discover another great film. Um, so yeah, that's the last movie I got on my list, Road Games. And uh, yeah, that's 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 some of our favorites. We of course have tons of favorites, but um, them are a few that I'd, we wanted to highlight. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you this, it was not easy to pick five. No, we, we, we were going back and forth about what we wanted to talk about. Um, we didn't want to copy each other either, so... We wanted to make sure we gave you a variety, um, but this episode, our first episode, is is one of the longest episodes I think we've ever done. Uh, I think it is. About, I don't think we've done an episode like this since the Rocky episode. Yeah, the Rocky. That's been, you know, this is talk about a movie that has been re-released on uh, physical format many, many times. Yeah, <laughs> but hopefully you hung in there with us, and um, I think we're gonna end it here. Um, where can we find you, Andrew? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Capzilla06, as well as my uh, mysterious YouTube channel, Capzilla Productions. Yeah, nobody's heard of I it. I haven't mentioned at all during this episode. Nobody's heard of it. Um, you no can, one ever. You, you can find me on Facebook, Stephen Billings. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Chasing Labels or Letterboxed at Chasing Labels. Um, I have a Twitter now that's been switched over. I'm going to try to use it more. Probably not, but I'm going to try. Uh, Um, But you can find the audio for this podcast on Podbean and Apple Podcasts. Thank you again once for uh, listening to us. And hey, keep on buying them movies. I know I will.